0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. I the meeting on the Liberty County Board of Commissioners to order. Mr. Brown, has the meeting been properly advertised? Thank you, sir. Good afternoon to everyone who's in our audience. Good to see you. Uh, good afternoon to those persons who will be watching us uh, on our live streaming. happy to have you also in our audience. This is our mid-month meeting and the agenda has been prepared. <coughs> we'll follow it uh, as it is printed uh, at this time. We will have our prayer and pledge of allegiance. We're gonna ask Mr. Mosley, this uh, is the county ministry, to lead us in our prayer and pledge. Please stand for the pledge, excuse me, the prayer followed by the pledge.
1: Let us pray. Father, we are so thankful for your bountiful blessings that you bestow upon us on a daily basis. And we ask Father God for guidance and foresight and insight tonight as we deliberate on the business of this community. We're keen to uplift those who are going through the COVID-19 crisis and we thank you for what you've done in terms of staying there, the crisis for us, we pray for the Ukrainians and those uh, who are going through war in, the, <clears throat> in that war-torn nation. This we thank you for in Christ's name. Amen.
2: Amen.
3: Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic which stands one nation under God,
1: indivisible, with liberty and justice
2: for all.
0: Thank you, sir. I failed to mention that Commissioner Jones has touched basis with us. He's at work. He won't be able to make it, but he'll be catching up with the meeting via live stream. Mr. Brown, I'm told there are some service awards we have to be presented today. very dedicated that been with us a long time. I'm gonna Okay. Commissioner, let's go down and greet our Retirees and that twenty twenty five years.
2: Five years. I can't believe anybody worked for Joey twenty five years. <laughs> 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 do you? Okay. Okay. Uh, I did.
4: So, so Mr. Chairman, these folks have, have been with the county uh, for continuous service for 25 years. I'm, I'm going to start off, uh, I won't start in alphabetical order. I'm going to start off with the ladies first. And uh, the first person on here is Ms. Rochelle Martin of the uh, Liberty County Tax Commissioner's Office. Twenty-five years. 25. Yes, sir. These are all twenty-five years. And I'm
0: told that while <laughs> Commissioner Jones is she's been doing a stellar job. All. I'm very
1: proud
4: of the work that she's doing. Thank you. Thank uh, you. The next person on here works for the Clerk of Courts, and she has is a very dedicated employee, and that's Miss Annette Richardson. Now we'll go to those old guys that we got, there's two, there's two of those. Uh, they actually, uh, uh, on here they're separated by division, but they're both in public works and the first one is Mr. Nathan Howard. I think we know him as Mike Howard. <laughs> Mike's uh, down there at the Solid Waste Department. He keeps uh, Johnny's shot going down there. And, and the last one, and I ask, you know, I couldn't do without picking on him. So I ask, why in the world we, yeah, this must be a rain or something for a the, the box is The box is different there. Maybe it is, Commissioner Stevens, uh, And that's your Public Works Director, uh, Mr. Clinton Wells. He's been here 25 years. I know he likes pictures and stuff. You might want him to give a speech or something, <laughs> Mr. Chairman. I don't know. We do so.
3: We'll
4: do an interview with him. We'll Facebook him live sometime.
0: I know that box will hold the money,
3: Brown. Promise
0: me. know it is not. Appreciate you, buddy. I need
3: the rest of my
0: money, Brown. <laughs> now, Show me the money
4: uh please yes twenty five years for those folks <laughs> <to say.
1: laughs> yes, yes, break that up. <laughs> oh that is a great preacher, great picture. Everybody cheese on the count of three. One, two, three. One more time. All right. (laughs) You didn't tell them we had to show back up for work tomorrow, did you?
0: Okay. All right, sir. All right, final agenda, De- Departmental Reports Engineer, Mr. Trent Long.
5: Good evening. Everybody should have a copy of your status report. I'll try to hit a few things and it looks like you got me for two agenda items tonight, so hopefully we'll go fast through them. Uh, first thing, two things on the agenda, on my uh, report. Uh, everybody should have a copy of the Intersection improvements we're looking at at Barrington Ferry Road 17, Lewis Fraser, and then at uh, State Route 119 and uh, Barrington Ferry Road, known as Crossroads, kind of trying to work those out a little bit and get those going a little bit ahead of uh, uh, our US 84 connector before it starts coming online. Um, we skip back down to the pavement marking package. Um, That is out uh, on the streets now. Uh, The bid's open on April 12th here in this room. Um, we'll move on down to the Middle Park Recreation Improvements. Uh, the, we had delayed the start date until March 7th and because um, we were worried that the materials delivery was going to take a long time and uh, March 7th is coming on and the materials are still not here. They are on order and they have been ordered, so they're just waiting for those so they can get started and they'll be back out there. They think they may be out there some next week putting up some silk fence uh, because they think that the material is close to being here. Uh, Palm Drive and Point South Drive, um, they pretty much are now finished. A couple of manhole rings, risers we want to rise. There's like a little bump that's about this much where the manholes are. Um, Can't seem to get the manhole risers. so. Those have been ordered for quite some while, so but we're, as soon as we get them, they'll throw them in there and that bounce should go away a little bit. Um, other than that, I'll open it up for questions or whatever you may have.
6: I have one, Trent. Trent, um, <clears throat> have you checked with uh, with my guys out there at Public Works and see if they they, they may have some that you can... I did not, because you know, we're, we're supposed ro- to be purchasing these. Yeah, um, but call, call Robert Norby if... Call um, oh, Norby?
5: Yeah. Okay. You got his number? I do. Yeah. Got him on speed dial. Give him a call. Appreciate that. Sure. Uh, yeah. uh, one thing I did want to say, we, on Palm Drive, you know, we had, they were almost 60 days over on the conduit, so we've been holding liquidated damages. We intended to let them do some speed humps for you on Elm Drive. but. Because of them being over, we decided to go with a different contractor to do that. So, looks like it's probably going to be Ellis Wood doing this for you. So we're going to try to hit your speed humps with Ellis Wood and uh, for Mac. He's got a couple he wanted out on Limerick Road. So when I have all that information, I'll disseminate it to you and the uh, to Joey. That way we get them to do it and get everything done, but and expedite. Yeah, if 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 we had. Tried to add that as a change order to I, impress me. I, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, it, it, would, it would have caused us a bunch of issues.
0: I appreciate it. Sir.
5: Thank you. <laughs> I had not forgotten about it. Right. right. All right. I'm sorry.
0: It's all right. It was on, Mr. Stevens?
7: Yeah. <clears throat> on Miller Park, and Mr. Brown, will, since the date has changed, will we go back and reset the start date, or will we leave it as it is? Well, we leave it
5: as it is for right now? Mm-hmm. And um, when we get to the end of the job, uh, we can evaluate, you know, these days that we have or don't have, uh, what rain days they have, and what happens from here going forward. But yes, sir. No, we leave it the same for right now.
7: Okay. <clears> Trade <throat> um, Hill. Where were we at with Trade Hill?
5: Yes, sir. Uh, waiting on materials right now.
7: waiting no, wait, on materials.
5: And actually, we uh, have some construction stakes out there. Uh, so getting ready for plenty to clear and grub. I think my survey guys probably would have liked that he was clearing while they were there, because it's pretty thick. All
7: right. And we're going to bring Bill Collar Road back up a couple of months from
5: now? Yes, yes, sir. Yes,
7: sir. <clears throat>
5: trying to let things kind of calm down again and... Okay. <laughs> I haven't found any additional money from DOT yet, but looking.
7: Maybe we need to ride up to that line.
5: Maybe that might work. All right, that's all I have for my regular meeting.
7: And this is what this is what
5: 17 yes, sir. And, and yeah one number the one that has three legs on it is uh, 17 and Lewis Fraser and Barrington Ferry. Mm-hmm. And then the one that has four legs on it is crossroads. 119. All right. If you want me to, I can move right on into the Gun Branch Waste Convenience Center. If you'd like, Mr. Chairman.
0: If you will, just talk just a minute about the three-leg. Okay. Is,
8: is that roundabout?
0: You give me what Roundabout? Oh, oh, we have it electronically? Okay. okay. Audience can see it. Good. I was, I was ready for you. All right. don't talk so I can talk.
5: This is probably 17 and here. Mm-hmm. So this is Benji County Road, where it comes through. This is Lewis frazier and this is the site, the site where the gazebo is. The gazebo will get moved over almost where the road is now. And that's how that will... It's not going <coughs> exactly that way, but that's the It'll probably end up being a little bit bigger circle, and there will be uh, extra lane to kind of make it 17. Through a little
7: faster. Now, one thing we do, one thing these things do is they do slow the traffic down on 17. So, this is this is that one. You want to go to 119? Trent
0: Where will the uh, gazebo go at? Go, go back to that one. Right.
7: how safe is that, man? Mr. Chair. Yes, sir. I'm gonna just make a comment about those gazebos. If they are not going to be maintained better than what they are now, we don't need them. Yeah. They are a disgrace to the county.
0: I hadn't even noticed that one. (laughs) I don't know. used. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. Does it
8: even get used? Yeah. If it
0: don't, I guess the question That's That's a good question is does it get used? Does it serve its purpose? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Gonna go to the next one? Yes, sir. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to okay. go on a field trip. <laughs> now,
5: this is the new community store. North Stone. This is the church. The head start is over here So, we'll have some right-of-way acquisition that we have
7: to do <coughs> on the corners. But, basically, that's how that looks. Now, on that, Trent, <clears throat> that new development that's right on the corner, is that configured into this? Yes,
5: sir. You didn't see the line work from there. Right
7: there. Okay, now what about that big old tree? By first sign. I'm worried about the big old tree. I am so, too. I, I have not I have not got it from my survey
3: trees yet, mm-hmm. but we are gonna shoot it from, you know. My biggest
5: concern is, is this is gonna be within the
8: Mr. Chairman, uh, Trent, are we going to have those lit? I mean, are they going to have lighting?
5: Okay. I don't have them
8: shown on here. Each leg of it. Okay.
0: How much have we been in conversation with the churches about?
5: Not a lot yet. I was trying to finish up my concept design before we started
0: talking. Okay. Then I think the best plan, Commissioner Stephen, is the after. At, at whatever point you're ready, let's arrange a meeting with the churches um, so that they'll know firsthand from us, you know, what, what's coming. So the only right away, way so uh, in the first African, they won't be affected. That's on church on the – couple yeah, on the left. Right. right there. A little bit off of there, too? Okay. Mm-hmm. And from first line, you say with the oak tree is. Yeah. yeah. How about the head start area, no? Yeah,
5: we'll be. All we'll – for everybody. See, okay. I don't know if you can see the yellow line.
0: That's the right-of-way line. Yeah. Isn't it? Let's uh, just do a mini-town hall then with those.
7: Now, Trent, also there's a gas, isn't there a gas system right across the street from 1st AB on the Barrington Ferry side?
5: Yeah, there are some gas lines. Oh, you're talking about the patrolman. Yeah, okay.
0: What are you
7: doing here? Right. Yes, sir. I don't
0: think it's in our way there. Okay. Okay. Let's be proactive and, and sit down. And chat with those people about what's coming.
7: Chairman, I'll go ahead and schedule a meeting and let you and Print know about it, and we'll go down there and see if we can talk to them.
0: Especially when you talk about taking out 100 year old Mm oak trees. Right. Yeah. One thing that's very church I said that I would try to do my concept design before I start talking to everybody.
5: It's really code that, hey, I need to get this kind of blessed by DOT.
0: Okay, okay, that's fine. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, because I'd rather not have to change my story. Yeah, okay. Well,
3: let me
2: ask a question there, uh, Trent. Will that circle, will it be the same distance that the one is at 196 and 301? I mean, are those pretty much the same Or specific distances the, of the so for that. well i mean either either way you're going to have log trucks going and coming so and i mean that's what you've got that's a state route also actually a u.s highway 301 is so that's right it's
5: designed to pass a w67 truck And stay on the asphalt the whole way
3: around. So, the other thing that you can't see. You also have this apron around the outside edge. Mm-hmm. That's the truck apron. <clears throat> so, if the truck driver doesn't drive it just
5: right, and his rear end comes up on it, his rear end comes up on it. It's really thick concrete on the inside. Usually, we do that in a, like a red concrete. Also
2: makes noise when you're over. Well, we ha- we don't have one around here, do we? I mean, besides the one right downtown. Yeah, and
3: it's, it's not a meeting
2: like this. I hope not. <laughs> right, that's what I'm asking. I mean, we right now we don't have any. Yeah. So I, I was just yeah. trying to get some idea. I have we something to go by? That's the reason why I was asking about the one up there in 301.
0: Where's right
3: that?
2: that yeah, but I don't. I have They're no big business big. up there. I'ma let
7: mm-hmm. here. That's the reason They're why. Big I'm County yeah. has
0: a couple. Of yeah. We build fast. However, radiuses mm-hmm.
7: and sizes and applications are
0: It's 144 to it? yeah. 144. Yeah, they just I'm finished that one. Almost in the bottom. 95. And All right. right. Just getting, just getting down, you drive Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's the What's the uh, time expectation for DOT to to, to do their assessment Just trying to get an idea okay 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 right now, Will give you a timeline now it will
3: okay All right. okay mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have caution lights before you get there to a yeah
5: along with it alert you that they're These little islands that you see right
0: here will probably be a little bit longer when we're all said and done. And so it'll make the traffic do a little different. Okay. But most of them
2: do not have like... And Glenville doesn't have lights. Well, I was like, Mr. Stevens, I thought that there was a larger gas line that went along through there and actually goes back... Yes,
5: there is. A, you're talking about...
7: There's a, talking about a high pressure. there's a gas line or something there's right in front of, right in front of 1st A.B. There's a gas line. It'll be
5: underneath, and we'll have to do some utility formation
0: on that. All right, Mr. Brown, give me a, 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 I hope I didn't tell some people wrong today. <clears throat> I was under the impression that in the year 2024, there will be some activity on, on the bypass. On the bypass. Yes, sir it's still scheduled for twenty twenty. Okay. So I'm trying to see if all this is going to kind of work together, coordinate together. We actually did the ICE survey on this about a
4: year ago now. And then went for a preliminary meeting with GDOT, and that's when they said, hey, look, here's what we, here's what you're going to need to be doing. So we go back, we're going to redesign, we're going to resubmit the ICE for review, which is the time limit he takes.
0: We really wanted these in place prior to that. And there's a chance we could. Could?
9: There's okay. a chance we still
0: could. Okay. Okay. It's a much smaller project than doing the bypass, so so, okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And Trent's working on the Walthyville piece. Yeah. (laughs) Looking at me like, huh? Oh, yes, sir.
5: Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I I was my mind was already going to the next
0: item on the agenda. I was I like for to. us as much as we can to coordinate all these so that you know they all come together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can have one big ripping cutting <laughs> kind of thing. Well everybody's gonna be busy. Yes sir. Say that. And that. Uh
5: yes, sir. This will be disruptive. disruptive. It will be very disruptive. Yeah. Um Ready for me to move? Yes, to The, the Gumbranch Solid Waste Convenience Center? If you will, sir. Uh, we did take bids for the Solid Waste Convenience Center uh, on March 8th, uh, the, we got two bids. The lowest bid was uh, Taylor's Creek Construction. They had a bid of $750,000 even. Our budget, um, we were a little over $810,000 total budget on that. Our construction portion of our budget was within $8,000 of their price. So I felt like our budget was pretty good. So um, what we'd like to do is recommend that we go with Taylor's Creek Construction for $750,000 plus a 10% contingency. Before you make the motion, I do want to make one note um, for the record. Um, The contractor was concerned because there was such a difference between his bid and the bid from E&D Contracting Services. Um, We get d does a lot of our, uh, they do bid a lot of our jobs.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And here for Liberty County and different jurisdictions, and most of the time they're either the highest or either they low bowl and get the job. They're hardly ever in between. And they broker most of these jobs. So a lot of these things are not their own people doing it. So mm. them to have a high price is not surprising to me. The fact that he came in within $8,000 of our budget, and we had updated our budget before we put it out to bid, uh, made me feel pretty good that we were in the, the right ballpark. And uh, I feel good about uh, Taylors Creek being able to construct this project for that amount.
0: Was Taylors Creek concerned that they were underbidding or that perhaps we were being... Oh, no, sir, he's not. by, <laughs> I hate to use that word, but has concerns about the pricing of the other company? Well.
5: They're not concerned about the pricing of the other company. Their bonding company is the one that becomes okay. concerned because okay. that's the first question. The bonding company says, did you underbid it? Why is the next one? So yeah. High? So high. Yeah. So, you know, we usually last time we had to correspond with their bonding company to say, no, nope, their price is right in line.
0: Okay.
5: So, you know, they bonding companies are being a little bit more persnickety mm-hmm. uh, the last year or so as far as spreads between prices and what people are doing. It makes sense. So we we're, mm-hmm. we're haven't talked to the bonding companies early on far more than we have in the 30 plus years I've been doing this ever.
0: Yeah.
8: There's no doubt he did come in sure. under,
5: mm-hmm. but
8: that uh, E and D, where are they out of?
5: They have an office in Savannah. Savannah. But they also picked up $10 million worth of work last month too. Couple of bridges and some big DOT stuff.
8: Okay, um, on the convenience center, will it be able to stay open during this construction?
5: Yes, ma'am. It's going to be disruptive. They're going to a great word. It will be disruptive because when we build the roads up, because all the access roads are going to get built up. Because you, I don't know if you noticed, kind of like they're like about the same level as the swamp. So those get built up a little bit. And what we'll be able to do is leave the left side, leave the site open mm-hmm. as it is, build the right side. I've got some transitional stone in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of stone built in there for transition. So there's gonna be times where my grade, existing grade is here, my proposed grades up here and I got to have an area for people to drive back and forth between the two different grades. <clears throat> so we've got enough money built in there to pay for the stone, to build it in phases so that I can keep it operational. Okay. It will be a challenge and it will be disruptive, but it can still stay open.
8: Okay.
0: I think it's going to require more of your attention from
5: it. Well, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, And and we have the folks to stay on top. You have
0: some other eyes that's going to be on it, too. (laughs) Every day. You have to use it, don't
8: you? Well, yeah. But I pass by it every day. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. Well, I'm glad that we have enough money to get it done. Yes, Yes, ma'am. It definitely needs to be done. So, Mr. Chairman, I would make a motion we approve the the (laughs) Mm -hmm. bid for uh, Taylors Creek Construction. The Gunbranch Solid Waste Convenience Center for $750,000. Okay. Okay.
0: Second. That's a 10% contingency. 10% contingency, yes, sir. Right. And further discussion. Uh,
2: there, there, There is one thing, and I mm-hmm. mentioned the Commissioner Swift, and I, I don't know, Clint's in here, and, and Mike is too, but I, I don't know what type of lighting is mm-hmm. out there, but this thing that you're going to be doing, of course, we got. The time has changed but people is going to be coming earlier trying to get in and out so if we've got to do some temporary lighting out there to make it safe and then it may wind up something that we got to do i know it's got a closed time frame but uh y'all know and clint you right around the corner there i don't expect you to monitor it because you got people that will do it but you might want to just. Put your two-cent worth in later on.
8: See if we need to put some more lighting up there, then we, we get with Canucci and get that yes, taken care of. Yes, We
5: can get with Canucci and see about getting some additional lighting up.
8: I'm sure they have more state-of-the-art lighting now compared to what we got out there now.
2: They're not as good as that other company, but... Oh,
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, Georgia Power. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We got you.
0: <laughs> all in favor, raise your right hand, please.
2: All right. Make a note of that. George it is approved. Because you'll forget <laughs> it. And, and
8: it's Kanuchi, not Georgia Power.
2: <laughs> so make a note of that. It is Canucci.
8: Yes, sir. It
2: is. Thank you very much. Thank Forever. you, sir. They ought to be able to handle a street
0: fight. <laughs> no fighting children, no fighting. <laughs> it's all fun. Proposal EMS Station 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: For days. Uh, Their proposal price was 2498000 dollars On the memo that I provided you also, that you know that the uh, facility facilities proposed to go into the Tradeport West uh, park. So there are some improvements that we're going to make consistent with what the park needs are too, so that so that you know we can try to try to marry up what we need to there. Uh, Basically, the development already had some money that was allocated in the spot six park improvements. They've uh, agreed to uh, basically use some of that money uh, for, for those improvements that we felt like they all participate in. Those That amount will be $347,946. <laughs> we take that and also apply a million dollars of ARPA that the board uh, had designated for that project. and basically. We will need to do a construction loan for we've obtained pricing from mayor's Bank on uh, is 1.5 million dollars, which is
7: great news. Not bad, that is good uh, news.
4: Yeah. So, the recommendation uh, is that you award Dabbs Williams at a cost of $202,498,000 plus a 10% contingency and also authorize the commission to engage in construction loan uh, for the project in the amount of 1.5 million dollars. Uh, that interest rate. Uh, to be charged uh, basically uh, by Maris, it's a what today, uh, loan period of five years. Five years. Oh, Let me back up. The one I provided you is basically 10 year uh, at 3.3% interest over that.
3: And uh it's been a very good rate.
0: Do you shopped the loan, sir?
4: Mm-hmm. The credit union basically can't handle governmental ones mm-hmm. like this, so that's what that is. Marriage is really okay. going to
3: look at your
4: vote. That is very competitive, Okay.
0: Don't I recall conversation, <coughs> correct me if I'm wrong, about um, repaying the loan through SPLOSS? Actually, it is an eligible SPLOSS project. If it comes time, if you want to put that on there, of
3: course, we'll have some other things too, some large projects like the
0: fire station, the health department, and some others. But we can consider it. Okay. Okay. All
7: right. Any yeah, other questions about this project? <laughs> Mr. Brown. <laughs> From start to finish, what's the estimated time? They
4: they quoted a time of 215 days, so uh, which was actually the quickest time element. You know, on these projects, especially right now, there aren't liquidated damages that are put on the construction projects, and I'm glad because of, as you've been talking about, delivery of materials and some of those things. Mm -hmm. We'll sit down and have a project meeting. We'll look at the lead time items, identify
3: those, uh, and go ahead and try
0: to get those on order, but they're in the offer. So, sorry to be so long-winded. They've quoted no. 2.15, fifteen, Mr. Stevens. Okay. We're open for that, if, uh, if they can make possible materials here. All right. Also, Mr. Chair, uh, I, I see on here, it, it also discussed about the NWB policy. Right. Good to know. Thank
6: you.
2: Mm-hmm. Was that William our bidder on animal control?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We. Yeah.
0: Okay. They're
8: busy.
0: The, they're busy around town doing several. Yeah.
8: Oh, yeah. that's where I've seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to think also Something else. Um, Who's doing the, the
2: incubator? incubator project. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, they're busy around town.
2: Well, we'll keep them here then.
0: <laughs> yeah. And for a motion. And just for, for your information, about well, this this, uh, we need almost a picture of the old, the present EMS place. You would agree that it needs to be, yeah, replaced. So, you know, uh, it allows us to put our um, employees in a, de- under. Decent working conditions, uh, because where they are now is just yeah. It it's needs horrible. a lot of work. Sir, ready?
7: Yes, sir. Chair, I make a motion that we uh, <coughs> award the contract to Dave Williams for two million four hundred ninety-eight thousand dollars for construction of the EMS station on the West Industrial Park.
5: Thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay.
0: Motion that we approve the. Uh, as we for the stated amount in the further discussion being none, all in favor raise your right hand please those opposed the motion passes (laughs) thank you Holly sir good evening
9: i don't don't (laughs) think the low bidder did this it's almost tall enough (laughs) Um, good to see everybody uh great we have a presentation uh um, thank you brown john culbertson uh, with msw consultants it's nice to see folks again um we are a management consulting company that works with local and county governments uh, across the u.s helping to optimize their uh waste systems and I'm here tonight to, to hopefully um, go through in a, a fairly efficient manner um, our finding of looking at curbside collection. And so before I even look at the first slide, um, I'll just make an opening statement that uh, you look at all the population centers around the country, suburban, urban areas, obviously having that curbside, having your trash truck and potentially your, your bulky waste collection or your recycling collection come to your driveway to your curb. Curbside collection in suburban urban areas is very much the standard. Um, that is not typically the case in more rural areas. And Liberty County has, you know, I think very reasonably relied on a system of convenience centers to serve the needs of county unincorporated residents, some of the smaller municipalities. Uh, you know, we've actually just coming on the heels of a, an action on a convenience center. So um, this project was uh, is really an attempt, and, and what I'm hoping to do tonight is paint a picture of what it might look like if Liberty County were to migrate from its current system where you're servicing your residents through convenience centers, where your residents have to come to a, a finite number of places to deposit their, their trash, their petrestable waste, their bulky items, and their recycling. Um, this is really kind of a first cut at what it might look like to deliver curbside service with a full-size garbage truck with some, you know, some automated collection in some regard using some of the collection technology that's out there. So uh, so with that as a precursor statement, I'll see if I can't uh, just work through things. And, and I, I tend to not read too much from slides, and I always get a little worried. I probably fine. have more numbers and words on these slides than is, is really necessary to tell the story. Um, and I do want to say um, one thing, and I would look uh at Mr. Brown, Mr. Mosley, confirm. we actually have a more detailed, a little bit longer uh, slide deck uh, with some additional background. I don't know if that's been made available. If it hasn't, we do have a longer version. I don't. I, I wasn't Maybe made aware. So. Yeah, a lot of he graphs, some long, some so this, this some, some photographs. Um, in other words, we will
4: provide
9: it. Okay, if we haven't, yeah. Thank thank you for that. In other words, we we try to really do a, a pretty thorough. Uh, technical job, and also provide some graphs and some some photographs to illustrate some of the things. This is a, a pretty straightforward, mostly just tables and words. Um, but but uh, just real quick, um, our methodology. So our firm uh, has some very robust modeling tools. Um, there are parameters that are important to know about running curbside collection. Uh, door-to-door. If you know your customer counts and your tonnage and you know the location of the vehicle yard and the location of the transfer station and speed limits, you can model very accurately the routing demand. You know, how many trucks would it take? And essentially, we had an opportunity uh, working with solid waste staff who, as usual, were, you know, super helpful, supportive, helping us get the, the background. In fact, driving around with us, showing us different areas of the unincorporated county, some of the challenges that you would face in a more rural setting. So we, we got excellent support, uh, you know, from the county solid waste in, you know, doing the due diligence on this. Uh, and essentially, um, we tried to boil down this analysis to some, some fairly, you know, just trying to block this out so that it's easy to explain. So the first thing we looked at is, uh, you know, the polycart analysis. So polycart, these are 60 to 95 gallon carts. Um, that we do have some some small areas already that the county is servicing. Um, there probably are some in some of the cities, but these carts are for regularly generated household trash, kitchen trash, bathroom trash, putrescible waste. So the first exercise we undertook was to um, estimate what what would it look like to deliver this curbside trash in poly carts to uh, to the unincorporated county. Um, as was alluded to earlier, we actually, so we have your, we have your current system, your current system. I, I want to mention current systems. So the county is already providing some curbside polycart service to a very small subset of households uh, in, uh, in Flemington, and there's a, a rural area outside of Riceboro. So, you know, Liberty County's already in the business of curbside, which it's not a big service, but that is helpful because you at least have some operational platform that you're used to um, and and that's, worth, that's worth having, because if you were coming into this coal, that could be a little bit different situation. But anyway, you'll see current system. The current system is very, very small, it's very limited, and I think it's, it's blending the services that the county needs to equally serve all of your unincorporated residents. We looked at actually two broad scenarios where we would expand this polycart service to the entire unincorporated area, which was our scenario one, but then we also were aware that uh, Riceboro and Midway might eventually tuck in. And a statement I'll make about solid waste collection, it's a business of scale. So more households, you can serve at a lower unit cost per household. So typically, if you're gonna get into the collection business or expand your, your trash collection business, more houses, you can do that cheaply, more cheaply on a per unit basis than less houses. So it always makes sense to tuck in additional households. That's why we looked at multiple scenarios. <clears throat> But you can see right off the bat, going from 600 houses to 8,000, that's a pretty significant jump. And we're gonna now delve into what that means. So I've got just a series of tables. And again, I I always hesitate to put a bunch of numbers, but I'll try to highlight what's important about these numbers. And I think what's important is the current system right now, it really only takes one to two days a week going out to provide polycart collection. And furthermore, um, that collection is provided with a front-load truck technology that hooks a, uh, a Corrado can. There's a, there's essentially a can that, if you think about the commercial trucks with the forks on the front, I don't have a picture here, um, but the current system uh, leverages the existing commercial collection fleet, and so it's about as convenient as you can get operationally to provide a very limited amount of curbside polychrome. But basically, one day a week, two routes. So it's a small system now let's look at scenario one and two the numbers are different but the results are the same and very quickly what you realize is instead of running one or two trucks one day a week now you've got to run four trucks all five days a week Monday through Friday and so first of all that's not actually a huge system that's a pretty pretty small and constrained system um, in just in the realm of municipal curbside collection but that is a very, very significant uh, commitment for an operational service uh, that is not currently in place with the convenience centers. So, um, um, I don't have all the you know all the statistics here, but essentially, uh, we try to be conservative. We think that this routing demand is is achievable with the current automated collection technology with a properly trained CDL driver. Uh, but it's a pretty significant commitment in terms of growing your operational footprint. And so I've got a couple tables that actually delve into some of the operating parameters if you take on curbside putressable waste collection. So uh, the first has to do, uh, let me just talk about equipment and staff. So you need trucks. You might need the attachment to Corrado cans. That's the attachment that that automated, it, it automatically tips the carts and you're going to need... So you've got to buy carts for everybody, and then you've got to hire equipment operators. So this table uh, really compares a very small commitment in terms of uh, existing trucks, which, by the way, your existing trucks also get used for other customers for commercial collection. Uh, so it's a nice... Uh, you're tucking in the, the polycart collection right now. If the county goes forward with a full residential curbside polycart solution that would essentially create a dedicated residential collection system, with dedicated residential collection trucks and dedicated equipment (laughs) operators to operate those trucks. And you can see there's just some capital investment associated here because you're essentially purchasing at least three trucks, at least three more trucks. You're purchasing additional Corrado cans, potentially, uh, and you're buying, you know, 7600 carts at $60 a pop. So there's some capital, certainly capital investment that goes into this. And last but not least, instead of having one equipment operator for a couple days a week, there would be a need to have equipment operators every day because as soon as you get into the curbside collection service, you can't afford to miss a collection because that's when the complaints start rolling in and that's where you really have trouble. And we've actually, unfortunately, in our industry, we've experienced a lot of that, especially with the COVID pandemic. It's created some real problems in certain, really across the country, but in certain areas, especially bad where it hasn't been possible to put equipment operators out on route and trash starts to stack up so it, it's a tough situation that you don't face as much with the convenience center system so that was uh, the previous table talked about the resources so this table attempts to put some dollar values to uh, to the current system compared to investing in uh, a polycard system and, and essentially what you see uh, is that, you know, to, to do the limited incremental polycart service now to 600 households, it's, it's a relatively small direct cost, $165,000. If you actually go to a dedicated service just in the direct, uh, this is an annualized capital cost, direct equipment operating expense, direct labor and benefits, you know, you're pushing $900,000 at that point. And I, I do want to say, um, I think this is important, we worked with Liberty County Solid Waste to look at you know, current wages and the current uh, cost of vehicles that it would be accessible. And so we've built our cost, assuming Liberty County actually provided this uh, with publicly owned trucks, publicly employed equipment operators. Realistically, you could contract for this, right? You could also go out to the private market. You could do a, a bid or a proposal and have a private entity come in Our guess is this is is probably the lowest cost. If you went out to the private market and contracted, it would probably be higher than we've estimated because the private sector at the moment has been placing a higher risk premium on these services because it's been harder to get people. And certainly there's a profit margin that is built in for any private sector proposal that we don't have here. So we didn't estimate what that increase would be, uh, but I think it's important to know that we modeled it, assuming this was provided with Liberty County solid waste making those investments in equipment and in carts and in, in hiring and managing those employees, because I think that's, think that's really important. So, and we've converted some of this into a you know, cost per household and that's typically the way we look at things. Um, I'll point out real briefly, so interestingly, despite these higher dollar figures, the unit cost per household, pretty reasonable, right? No reason that this service couldn't be provided at a fairly reasonable level. Um, it's a little more expensive per household in a rural area because there's more non-productive drive time between houses. It might be longer drive time uh, from the, the vehicle location to the tip, to the route to the tipping facility. But essentially, it, it actually there's nothing here that is unaffordable in the over in the wide world of solid waste for cities and counties that are in the collection business. So I, I do want to mention that as well. It's certainly within the range you would expect
2: let, let me ask you a question there before you get too far go back your your you in this figure here you've got employees included in that yes sir and trucks included in that yes sir how many
9: employees do you have per truck oh yeah, good question so um the automated form of collection that would be used only requires a single employee who can sit in the cab and has a, a hydraulic arm that is able to grasp the carts. The carts are all standardized and the, the hydraulic arm can grasp the cart, tip it and set the empty cart down. And it's all controlled by a single equipment operator with a joystick in the cab. So it's right. a sing, yeah, single employee.
2: Okay, so that's if you can pull right up to it and the can is sitting right here, but if the can is 10 feet off of the road, or there's cars parked there where he can't get to them that means that driver's got to stop and go and drag that can up to the device right
9: it, will it have wheels on it uh, yes uh, and again I, i'm uh, kicking myself for not having a good picture in here to show that the carts all have wheels um, we're persuaded that they are designed ergonomically and that even Folks who might be you know, elderly, not as strong, are generally able to move the cart. Obviously, there are disabled folks that don't. I think the comment I would make is there would certainly be some very important new policies that would need to be put into place governing the expectations of your residents and governing the policies of your equipment operators and trucks about how to, for example, help a disabled resident, but also for non-disabled residents, There are typically placement requirements that would be policies that would also go hand-in-hand with the service to make sure that residents bring their carts out. Uh, I think the arms typically get five to seven feet out. They've got pretty good clearance. But you bring up a very good point, and that's part of an implementation consideration because those are going to be really important policies to have in place, along with just the pure technology upgrade. Well, and,
2: and, you know, a policy is just something that's on a piece of paper, getting somebody to do it and... And I know I've seen some areas here that's it's, it's new construction that, you know, the, the cars are parked, even in, in the city they are, they're parked on the curb, and there's no way that you could get to that can unless you, get, you stop, you get out, you, you pull the can up there to it, which is going to require another person. Now, I know Commissioner Gillard here deals with it all the time, but you've got two people on the back of the truck, ones on one side pulling them up there and they dump them into the back and that's what i'm trying to figure out what is the best thing the 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 one mm-hmm. you know lifted up with a one or is it is there going to be figures in here for using two or joy the, have y'all looked at that Okay,
8: yep. Excuse that. me, did he say earlier that we used the same commercial truck to pick up? In the Colorado, it, it was versatile? That's what we're using right now. Okay. We're, we'll discuss, I think we'll okay. discuss later on in the slides. Decide mm-hmm. uh, on
3: Bandit or a switch to an in my truck in smaller areas. It wasn't necessarily pure what he's talking about.
8: Yeah, I understand. Probably more efficient.
9: Yeah, and and that might also be, there. there's some, I think, very good photos in the the broader slide deck that show and compare the Can technology with the sidearm bandit technology. So again, I (laughs) guess in some regard, these would be implementation considerations, depending on your reactions to the results of this, that we could get into going forward if if implementation is of interest.
7: John, before you go too much further, do you have in your slide the comparison of price-wise what it costs now? For homeowners to get rid of their
9: household garbage
7: and what it will cost?
9: I do. The- I, I will conclude with that because there are a couple of other operational impacts that I want to hit on, and then I'll conclude with an overall what's the impact on the homeowner. So that's a good question. I, I, I will get there. So, this first part of the conversation has been confined to putrescible waste, you know, household trash. However, your convenience centers also get bulky trash. So folks can bring in mattresses, furniture, you know, brush, all kinds of bulky items that don't fit in a 96-gallon cart. Um, so we took our assignment, our was we defined what would a full curbside service look like to be consistent with other jurisdictions across the country that offer curbside collection and don't have any convenience centers. And what you realize very quickly is you need to provide an outlet at the curbside not just for the household trash but also for the bulky trash because everybody cleans out their basements in their attics in their yard and whatever it is and and they have bulk items that don't go in the cart certainly if you went polycart you would want to encourage as much use of that cart as you can but invariably there will be bulky items that don't go in the cart so the second aspect of our analysis was let's bring bulky service out to the curb as well and there are truck technologies in fact you have a grapple truck you have their trucks that you could use that pick up bulky items. So we did the same analysis, let's go curbside for bulky waste, so let's take a look at that. So uh, it turns out you also currently run grapple trucks, that's a technology with the big knuckle boom that uh, can pivot out and pick up a pile and put a pile in, in a dump bed. So that's a technology that the county currently operates and currently provides some services and some cleanup. Um, So currently, uh, again, there actually is curbside bulky going on in Flemington and in the rural Riceboro area just to provide those services, which is great because we actually had some real productivity data that we could use and think about in terms of what would it look like to now expand that bulky service across the county rural area. So what is the take of the takeaway is going curbside on bulky is – Basically, another set of trucks and routes that's comparable to the putrescible curbside. It's essentially doubling the, the size of the routes needed. So, you'd have one set of routes for collecting the poly carts, and if you add the, cur- the bulky material to a curbside service, you essentially have another set of routes that are doing the bulky service. Um, I do want to point out, especially with bulky waste, there are some decisions that could be made that would reduce this level of effort and cost. Um, and there also are some assumptions that can drive the findings with bulky waste. Um, Set-out rates are very important. Set-out allowances. Um, it would, this goes back to this notion of having policies on paper, but also having the wherewithal to enforce the policies. Um, you don't want unlimited bulk waste set out uh, because of productivity issues and frankly, equity issues. So we've made some assumptions in deriving these numbers uh, that we would limit to, I believe it was up to three or three or four items or two cubic yards so that you don't get huge piles, uh, 20, you know, 20 cubic yard pile of something out in front of somebody's house. Um, but again, the, the notion that you would need new policies, possibly new enforcement, probably public education and outreach is implicit, that would be a critical part of going this direction. We haven't talked about that yet, but it's not like you just wave your magic wand, put in the new technology. There's a lot of outreach to go into this. So um, we could come back to that in a moment. I want to do the same comparisons of equipment and labor because there would be a need for the the county or somebody to acquire the new trucks, buy the new grapple trucks. Uh, We also have modeled this as single operator equipment because a grapple truck, it pulls up, it anchors, Uh, And then the operator actually gets out of the cab, goes up and operates the the knuckle boom. So it's a single operator. But again, you would be going, uh, you'd be recruiting at least four more drivers. You'd be purchasing new trucks. So kind of the same story over again. And on a cost standpoint, uh, again, same story, you'd be you know, going from a, a system right now in convenience centers that cost about $160,000 to pull these roll-off boxes from your convenience centers. As soon as you deliver to the curb, now you're up in the $600,000 range. And again, these costs are assuming uh, the county takes on the service. You could contract for this, probably gonna make the cost higher than what we've shown. So to conclude, going to a curbside model from the current convenience center model um, is a significant change it's a significant change in doing business and it's a significant investment whether it's made by the county or whether the county contracts with a private hauler and there believe me there are plenty of private haulers that i believe would be willing to propose and to bid and to provide this service but this would be a pretty dramatic uh, change in the business model for solid waste collection in liberty county and I i think that's a takeaway um, now that said, it would really ramp up and deliver fantastic service because now every household in the unincorporated area would, once a week, get to go put their cart out and get taken away, and once a week they could put some bulk items out. So it, it would both um, increase the service, but it would also increase the operational challenges and the investment and the commitment that Liberty County makes. I mean, it's kind of a you know not unexpected trade-off. So the last part of our analysis is if, if the county opts to bring curbside service, then that should allow pretty substantial elimination of the convenience centers because the convenience centers exist for the unincorporated residents and for the communities that don't have curbside bulky. The last piece of the puzzle to us was if you go to a curbside system, you, should, you could ramp down the convenience centers so the last couple of slides i have here before i do a a financial household wrap-up which is really important is i just want to talk through essentially uh you know mothballing and decommissioning the convenience centers and then netting out the cost of of providing collection to the convenience centers so you know that would complete the shift if you would all the way to curbside so um If you go curbside, you could eliminate all of the compactors at the convenience centers that right now get all the putrescible waste, and you could eliminate the open-top containers that get the bulky items at the convenience centers. Um, We have not contemplated curbside recycling, and there is a little bit of a, and I'll touch on this as one of the concluding challenges, you still have recycling capability at convenience centers, which there would need to be something to do with recycling. We haven't touched recycling. But you could essentially eliminate, I'll say eliminate the convenience centers, but there's an asterisk by that because you would want to find some other place for recycling drop-off. I don't necessarily know that you'd want to just cancel recycling entirely. You'd probably be repositioning recycling drop-off. But... Um, you would, in addition to essentially closing the convenience centers, you would be, uh, you know, taking some roll-off trucks off the road. You still need roll-off trucks because you provide roll-off service, right? You're not just serving convenience centers. Um, you could eliminate the, there's a, I do have one cool picture that pack mat. It's a kind of a compacting wheel that is used to really ex- uh, expand the capacity. Uh, and so we essentially modeled the, you know, what would it take if we eliminated the operating expense? And what else could we do? Well, we would decommission the convenience centers. So here's a table that just talks about essentially the equipment right now that's, uh, this is uh, um, your sunk costs that you have. These are you know, your compactors and your roll offs. So there's you know, about $900,000 worth of uh, just equipment in terms of trucks and compacting containers and pack mats uh, that you would not have to be planning for. Um, the reason this is important, by the way, is uh, right now the county has a five year rate model for its assessment. That anticipates replacing this, so we've built in the cost of replacement uh, in your current costs. So that replacement cost comes out, and that offsets the the polycart, the curbside collection a little bit. But it's about you know eight hundred thirty thousand dollars that you would n- you know no longer be re- replacing. This is where I feel like I'm uh, I'm going to get self-conscious and put my foot in my mouth. But uh, we also, uh, in our most recent rate model, had uh, plant built in some capital improvement plans for. Uh, for expanding and upgrading the convenience centers. Um, And you can see that uh, they're pretty significant, about a million six of convenience center upgrades that we have. Um, And I I did note that the the Gum Branch upgrade, actually you got a a better bid than what we had in our budget. So I was concurring with the earlier presentation that it looked like you got a good competitive bid on that upgrade. Um, But that, in theory, wouldn't need to be done, that upgrade, if you went the route of the polycard. And, you know, so... for what that is worth. Um, we, we did try to capture the avoided capital improvements if we go to a curbside model. And so bringing all that together, I, I want to conclude with some slides um, that, that show some of the financial impact per household, some of the rate impacts, and also talk a little bit about challenges and next steps. So, all right, so the, uh, so the first, uh, first couple of things to look at is is we just tried to show um, you know what what is the you know, kind of the just direct standalone per household cost of adding the polycart. So what's the polycart? you know hundred and twelve dollars a year that that's what it would cost for delivering that that cart service, another seventy six dollars a year per household for the bulky, but then you would net out the convenience center operating cost. So, so those are the three rows on here. And th- what that does is it, it tells you it's you know 12 months a year, 126, about, about $10 a month to provide these services. And that, that, that's a very, um, that's, that's also collection only. That doesn't include the disposal part. So we've got the disposal part funded and covered somewhere else. So that's strictly for collection. And that's just a little bit for scale. Um, one of the things that, that we felt was at least worth thinking about is in order to go to a curbside business model, You're going to be staffing up at liberty county solid waste right you're buying more trucks you've got to maintain more trucks with fleet maintenance you've got to hire uh, more cdl uh, commercial driver's license drivers to operate the trucks and if you look across the overall budget of liberty county solid waste we're anticipating that this is going to you know the overall size of your system is going to go up by about 25 percent obviously you still run the transfer station um, you know, obviously, you still have some recycling program. I believe some keep Liberty beautiful. There's some other beautification efforts. But this business model, if the county buys the trucks and employs the drivers, increases the system. You could also contract. That would increase. That would be a way to increase the system, provide the services without staffing up. But it's certainly the cost is still going to go up. Uh, so that's one of the decisions that we might come back to. So that that was our takeaway in terms of you go from about a $4 million a year solid waste budget to about a $5 million a year solid waste budget in in making this decision. Frankly, if you contract, it's probably north of $5 million a year. It's going to be a little bit higher that way. And this, I believe, uh, is the question that Commissioner Stevens was asking. We did want to show the current assessment and then kind of do the math that would adjust for adding the polycart and taking away the convenience centers. I feel like I'm standing right between you No, I. But um, uh, so so what you you can see, just jumping to the, the conclusion, is that far right column of numbers shows the annual assessment per household. The first column on the left shows the current assessment. The column on the right shows the new assessment. And the comment I would make is, those are pretty serious rate increases. Right. I mean, if you know, if folks are willing, they're used to paying the the number on the left, you know, hundred you know, 173 to 221 dollars for their current system, and it's going to go up to 300 dollars. That's a big percentage increase. You know, we would argue that's a reasonable price to pay for a curbside business model, right? This this isn't an excessive cost for a rural curbside system, but in addition to the, you know, I, I guess I'd put it to you this way all of your residents would get way better service because they're having their their waste collected at the curb, but they would pay for it. And that's really what we're showing here is there would be a significant rate increase. And I think, you know, on account of that, anytime there's a rate increase, that generates a lot of interest among your constituents. So this is not something to obviously undertake lightly. That better service, higher cost, it's really that trade-off that would need to be navigated were the county to go forward looking into a curbside business model. And so um, I believe, I think I actually have, have you had enough time to study? There's probably some numbers on here that you might be interested in depending on what communities you know. Um, I guess I'll also mention just as a reminder, individual incorporated municipalities are already providing curbside service in some cases. So the assessment here is uh, the impact on the assessment is much bigger for the rural areas which don't have any curbside compared to the areas that already have some curbside. They're obviously not responsible for this new polycart system. You you know, you go into, you know, Hinesville and there's really no change because they already have all curbside. They're paying for that somewhere else outside of the county's assessment. So just kind of reminding folks.
7: Could this cost go down? Because I know the initial startup is going to cost you more, correct?
9: I'm actually I'm glad you asked that question because what we try to do when we look at full costs and we look at annual assessments and rates is that we try to uh, annualize the startup cost and spread that startup cost across the useful life of the trucks and the equipment. So we have these rates reflect the full capital cost of the equipment. But what's not, what, you have to go back to those previous slides to show, uh, and I, this is, I think, a slide that got omitted just for brevity's sake, there is definitely a bigger upfront capital cost because those sidearm bandit trucks probably cost $350,000 a piece. So, you know, we're talking over, you know, north of a million dollars uh, for new trucks. Then you throw in the grapple trucks, that's probably, you know, a million, five, two million. There's a significant capital investment that would need to be financed that I, I haven't put in this deck But we have that information, and obviously we want to make you you aware of that. But it is included in these costs, though. The annualized startup cost is included here. Now, what's not included here in terms of startup are what I would call the softer costs. That would be the things like a public education campaign. That would be the things... Like uh, um, there, there's probably a little bit of friction in procuring these trucks and these services. There's some uh, hiring and recruiting and retention costs. I mean, you get into just a bigger business, so you're going to have some fric- you know, some frictional costs, if you will, that maybe aren't in here. But this is, I think, a pretty good representation of the full cost of going to a curbside business model. <clears throat> so I'm, this is actually my last slide, and I, I do want to call out that there, you know, this goes to the point of. There are... uh, My goal today and our goal today was to give a conceptual view of what does curbside service delivery look like in unincorporated Liberty County. Um, Our scope of services for this work purposefully has this meeting now to kind of give you a, a, a status report of what we found. But depending on your guidance, we could continue going forward and develop an implementation plan and you know, kind of keep going, either research, do things, or develop an implementation plan, depending on what you might, you know, what guidance you give. Um, or if the guidance is, you know, this isn't for us, then we could actually, you know, cease and not do the implementation plan. But I did want to point out this slide: some of the things that would absolutely need to be addressed during implementation. Some of them we've already talked about. Commissioner Walden brought up, you know, policies versus what really happens in actuality. So going forward, if you are interested in actually developing a more detailed implementation plan to really see how this might go through, how long might it take, you know, how much lead time you need to order the trucks and equipment, how would you divest from the convenience centers. I mean, th- those are all implementation timing issues that, that we have not looked into, but we <coughs> can if we're so directed. Uh, but under challenges, there are a number of things that still would need to be figured out in that implementation plan. The policies, set out policies, Um, You absolutely, if you go PolyCart, you have to demand your residents put things in the PolyCart. You don't want a box next to the PolyCart because now you've completely torpedoed the productivity of the PolyCart system. So there becomes a policy enforcement public education component that is gonna be an upgrade compared to the convenience centers. Um, Recycling, Um, right now there's drop-off recycling. The county has an outlet for recyclables. Um, If you close the convenience centers down, probably going to have to relocate those drop-off locations or make some decision because um, I think our consensus is with staff and and us as a consultant is you wouldn't just leave those convenience center locations open just for the recycling areas. You'd get a whole lot of illegal dumping Mm -hmm. in those enclosures. You you would essentially need to get those convenience centers out, get the fences. They they can't have any semblance of an old convenience center because that's just an invitation for illegal dumping if you have that. So those are, I think, probably legitimate issues. Um, another thing that comes up with curbside service is uh, uh, with the help from, uh, from the county, I, I feel like we had some GIS folks help, geographic information system folks. You have almost 500 households on private drives. So I will tell you the private sector hauling community doesn't wanna drive their heavy duty trash truck down a private drive, go off the road and leave a big rut or smash a mailbox or whatever it is because now you have liability issues. So, if you have 500 households on private drives and Liberty County unincorporated, there's some decisions and policies to be made about how you service those customers without putting the county at higher risk and liability. So that's something that, that you need to work through. Um, the other thing that is the case is you've got a private hauler, at least one. I hope I'm hope I'm not missing it. It is still just one. You have a private entity that already is providing some polycart service in the county unincorporated area. So there's some business displacement considerations. If the county goes forward with this service, there you know, you would potentially be displacing this hauler or potentially negotiating to set aside a service area. So that could get, you know, that that's you know somebody's livelihood. That's something you don't want to you know take take minimally. You want to be you know hitting that head on. So current private agreements would you know come into play potentially. Um, I don't think I have to tell anybody because I just heard the story of the new ambulances coming in after two years, uh, lead time to purchase heavy-duty equipment quite significant. In fact, uh, just as we thought we were coming out of the pandemic and that would get better, now we have a probably a pretty scary war situation going on. That seems like that's increasing some of the supply chain issues. So if you're ordering, if you're in the collection business and you have to buy $350,000 trucks, you got to have those when you have them. And if it's going to take you a year to get them, that this is all really important if you're going to get into that business. Uh, And then last but not least, um, if if you go this route, especially if Liberty County opts to employ its own equipment operators, you're now recruiting against private haulers, you're trying to find skilled equipment operators in a pretty tight labor market, uh, and that has really been a challenge in the waste industry. There have been major cities that have not been able to get enough drivers in the door to provide trash service. Uh, we just actually just had a big issue. City of Nashville actually had to pay an inordinate amount of money to bring in an emergency residential trash collection service because their hauler couldn't find the labor locally. They had to bring people in from out of town. And I'm not trying to scare anybody because I think these are things you can overcome. <clears throat> I think some of these, perhaps a private entity, you might go a contractual route. I think some private haulers maybe have the ability. I think you could do it. I, frankly, been very impressed with the operating capabilities of the county, but I would say this is an eyes-open situation, and and I just feel it's my responsibility, you know, in delivering better service and making that investment, spending more money, um, there's a bigger business operating, you know, commitment and operating risk, and I just think these are all important concepts. I think there's a right way to go forward on this if, you know, if you're thinking that your constituents want this service. Um, we could take a look at that. Um, but, again, just a lot of things to, to be aware of, and, and I just am a big believer in over-communicating on these issues. I feel like I've talked more than I should have, and I've gone longer than I should have, but I'm done. But I'd be more than happy to answer some questions, and we also do have a great deal of additional, uh, just some of the backup um, for those, those who want to dig into it more. But I, I did not come with any recommendations of action, but we're more than happy to uh,
6: to either answer questions or interrupt.: thoughts. I have a question, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Most so for Joey. Joey, ha- have we looked at um, using the system similar to what we have in Hinesville with the, the driver and the two guys in the back? And, and the reason I ask that, I don't know what the cost would be, but I do know using the automated truck, the, the one the arm bandit is what some people call it, you have to go down every street twice. So there's a cost associated with that. And as far as customer service, um, I think he mentioned the overflow. You know, you got a poly cart that, that the person is paying for, but they had a cookout over the weekend, and they got two or three extra bags of, of kitchen trash can out there. Uh, customer service with the two guys on the back, they um, they would just throw that in, okay? Um, and in Hinesville, there's some people know that if a person forgets to put the trash out, we go get it. Um, and um, as Eddie was saying, you you do have to have it within arm reach of that of that automated system, and um, yeah, you can put a policy in place and say that it, it needs to be right here. Um, but customer service that that would be taken care of. So I I, I don't know if this I know this proposal does not um, include that, but I I would like to know um, what the cost would be. For the you know the um, the same system that that we use here in the city of Hinesville, I, I know it, it may be more, but um, fuel costs. Uh, you know, if it's going down every street twice, down one end, up the other, as opposed to zigzagging across like like we do here in Hinesville. Um, and he mentioned um, bulky trash. Now, when I think of that, I'm thinking. Um, Brown goods, sofas, uh, chairs, mattresses, um, old velvet pictures of Elvis Presley, <laughs> um, and um, but but is yard trash considered in it into that? That that's it. This all that would just be in one pile. And Mike, Mike. All in one pile. But but it's one pickup of that.
9: So so yeah. The well well I,
6: I guess what I'm saying, Mike goes around with the knuckle boom. And he he would um you know we picked we we dumped the polycart, then Mike would go, and he would pick up a sofa if it was out, and a pile of leaves it wouldn't be a separate leaf truck, would it? Mike would get all of that, wouldn't he? yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, so it, it it'd be it'd be uh and and everything i guess everything that's not in the polycart would be separate that Mike would get with the would knock up on he would and, and, and in Fleming right now there's certain requirements about how much you can put out you know the butter is in um, No it's, but it's we supposed to be. yeah, well so you got to pick it up Yo yo yeah, yeah, we, we get it and and the I I've never seen the the Corrado can is that a one man or two man operation
3: mm-hmm.
6: a One man it's o- now. basically the forks go by and pick it up I mean it slides onto the forks of the truck What 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 slides onto the the Okay.
4: The Karada can has
6: a lift mechanism on it, something like the solar band it was, dust, and it pulls up basically tips back. So the, the corado can is on on our front loading truck that that, that, that pick up picks up the, the dumpsters and then when
4: then when it gets full
2: it basically just tips back. It can't be on the front. I mean if it's on the front, how's he gonna move if he sits the can back down? It is on the
4: front. Do what? He lifts the can to drive and go, and go to another location.
2: I thought you know, this that was on the side. What is that thing It's on the front? It goes inside
4: the truck, like you're saying, and it's the same technology as the side arm. It sets low enough that the driver can see over it. And the
7: same technology runs out, grabs the can, tips it. And when that karate can is full, he just dumps it in the back of the truck. Sets it back down and Oh, in. the and separate. Okay. The
8: in, in the
3: back. In, in the back of the
2: truck, mm-hmm. where nothing's in front of the truck. Okay. So the the cart that's sitting out front, the the container from the house, is you don't have to move it. It just stays right there where it's at when you drive off.
7: He it it. Right on the curb.
2: Got gotcha. you.
6: Yeah. But but yeah, Joey, if if we could look at what it would cost, and, and I, I know it, you know, it's going to be a difference, but. Um, you know with customer service i mean you know i'm quite sure uh, we'll have some um some seniors that that would need help i mean we, we got a, an apartment complex in Hinesville where, where where my guys go in there and get all 50 of those cans i mean because of you know elderly and and, and handicapped mm-hmm. you know so you, you run into a situation like that maybe maybe out in the rural area but it may be someone that's elderly that that you would have to provide that extra service to, unless a, you know, grandson goes there the night before and put it out on trash day. But um, and you know, and we have people that um, that forget to put the trash out. Um, and then you have people that don't forget to put it out, but call and say that we missed it. <laughs> you know, and but customer service, you, you know, we just go and get it if we can see it. So I, that added service, I, I think, is. It, it's, I mean, it, it comes with a cost, but it, I would like to know what um, what it would be to have the the one driver with the two guys, and um, I mean, you, you know, it's um, employment opportunities as well. You know, people uh, more jobs for people if um, if we did that. So that's all I have, Mr. Chairman.
8: Mr. Chairman, I, I had a question, Mr. Cobleson, on the um, that last the challenges, the uh, current agreements. Did did we? Know about how many people in the unincorporated area currently have
9: mm-hmm. private? Um, I don't trust my memory, but I believe we have someone here.
8: About 1,300. Out of out of and about,
9: about, about 7,800 total. So 7,800. It's, it's, you know, it's a meaningful percentage of folks who have decided to pay out of their pocket. And mm-hmm. I, I guess the comment that I would make is if only 1,300 out of 7,800 get the service, it's a lot less uh, productive. So they're paying more per household. A countywide system would be a lower cost per unit because now you're serving everybody equally. But 1,300 is certainly a number to.
8: I know there's a lot in my area, and in, in the Gunn Branch area, of course, there's a lot of elderly folks out there. But you also have people that move in that don't know where the convenience center is mm-hmm. they don't have a pickup truck so it just kind of piles up or they don't really know what to do with it and this we have to educate them you know hey there is a polycart service that'll come by and pick it up mm-hmm. but that that's my concern in in my un, in the unincorporated area where i live i see a lot but i see a lot of people with the with the polycarts yep. out that out that way
7: oh, chair <clears throat> Sir, piggyback on what Commissioner Gillett said earlier. Mm -hmm. You have some elderly people that stays up in the lane. We need to look at that situation. And also, to maintain good quality drivers is going to be an issue if we don't do something with our pay scale for CDL drivers. We don't need drivers that we're gonna hire today learn Tear up and leave. We need drivers that we're going to hire and they're going to stay with us. So that's another issue that we need to look at. I know that's not your. Mr.
9: Stevens, to that point, um, we, as part of our underlying due diligence, we actually identified that that at the moment would be a risk that the pay scale for CDL drivers would put the county at risk of not being able to retain those drivers. And um, we've actually seen that, especially in the (laughs) local government sector. We've seen upward pressure on wages for uh, drivers and all folks on the front lines of solid waste, which I, I mean, I personally... Frankly, think there's some due justice on that because these are folks that you know go out and remove trash from all over the place every day. Yeah. Um, but but there has definitely been um, just an upward movement from the private sector. The private sector is driving it, and by default, because public sector services, you're in the market, right? You're in the labor market. But I think that's a very a very astute statement, and that's one that we think we've confirmed. Um, that there's a broader issue, probably not just limited to solid waste, probably across other yes. other county departments and mm-hmm. other county frontline departments as well, but certainly in solid waste. Now, I'm
0: thinking, um, is our purpose to um, provide a service to people who aren't served, or is this a for-profit kind of look at uh, trash collection? 'Cause I'm thinking uh, when it comes to I'm, my mind went to I White was up there, the, the new subdivision is coming. If I were in a subdivision I'd want to have mm-hmm. you know, this kind of service. So is that company you reference, are they are they marketing to those people or mm-hmm. uh, are not are, are the developers doing anything for that or not?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So if it's if we're trying to provide a service then man yeah that's the that's the thing to do so those folks won't have to and we don't want our trash pops so we're trying to make liberty County look better not look right. not look worse with a trash piled up.
8: up in the ditch know, blowing off um, developers have actually approached
3: the, um, or not. i mm-hmm. they really it. are few areas that the poa has service i like,
8: see um, yellow Bluff. Mm-hmm. has um, their homeowners association provides a call Polycarts for a discount. You know, and he gives them a discounted rate because they've got
3: a concentrated number of polycarts in that area. Um, and I, but what I've seen is in neighborhoods, because I look through their customer list and adjust the solid waste accordingly for those customers to their rate, to the rate that doesn't take household trash to the convenience center, mm-hmm. so they pay a lower solid waste assessment. But what I see is in neighborhoods, it's like it's just contagious. What neighbor gets it? You know, Everybody if, signs if, up. If a few people in the neighborhood
2: get it, it's like, Word of mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll have a street without it, and then the next street over, one person's got it, and all the neighbors realize this is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Mr. Chairman, uh, piggyback on what this gentleman has said, and of course, Commissioner Gillard, I like the way he points down at me when he says, some people forget to take their can out to the road every Monday. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't never know what time you come in and I want to meet them. So, but you you you're talking about closing these mm. convenience centers, these places like at Miller Park and I mean, I, I have to ask you know Kathy and Clint and then Mike and them, what when, when you close that? um on our county roads, there's already enough trash and people are gonna find a place to dump. And that's the thing that bothers me is Mm -hmm. if you don't leave some of these open for a while, that people can carry the trash too. You said illegal dumping, but I mean, I don't know what's illegal or not, you know, uh, uh, besides if you don't live in Liberty County. But I would think that we need to really look at this For some time before we just pull the plug on it, Clinton. I mean, what's your Mm -hmm. thoughts? (laughs) Wake up! I know you've been there 25 years, but you're supposed to be awake. (coughs) Yeah,
4: I
1: thought definitely. I mean, it's going to be. You're going to
4: have that problem. People going to need them dump all these contractors. Uh, That's (laughs) going
0: to be part of it. Probably all of now the it's going to be clashed and work. If I read you right, you're saying that some contracts are illegally dumping now.
7: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We it's going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's it. Well, I mean, it
2: is, It you know, we that's we know right now the, the way the tax is set mm-hmm. that, you know, there's uh, not anything built for anything other than convenience centers. So that's what people are used to, and I'd rather them you know, at least carry it down there and and have it instead of it scattered up and down the highway. I drove by right there where Harry Rogers is at, and the whole right-hand side of the highway on 196 is covered with trash, and I know where it blew out, blew <laughs> out of. I mean, it was somebody leaving the transfer station. So um, <laughs> that's something we got to – and it ain't our trucks – It's somebody else's truck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's two things that I want to ask. And that is trying to keep them open. Is that something that we could possibly do? And the other thing is have we looked Joey at any time and other commissioners too. I know commissioner Stevens has been here. Um, he come with the building just like (laughs) me, but (laughs) we, we need to know, is there a possibility we may need to locate one somewhere else. Instead of just having one, hey, right? I right.
4: have not looked. most in transfer
2: Well, I mean, Commissioner Gillard and them, they haul all the way down, and out does. So that may be something else we need to look at mm-hmm. in our in our plan. Now, I appreciate you presentation. It was some of it was way over my head, but. You know, garbage is garbage. Whether it's dry trash, solid trash, white goods, brown goods—I mean—and that and, and what we want to try to do is—is is, like our chairman said, we we want to continue to be proud of our community. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some folks that can't afford a, a lot that's out here right now. So I think we're going to have to, you know, address this situation, and it may be. You know, there's some guys that just like going to the dump. That's the only time they get to talk to their <laughs> neighbors. You know, that, that,
3: that's. Yeah,
6: but uh, Mr. Chairman, um, and and he wasn't joking on, on every Monday. Uh, Mr. <laughs> you Walt, need to find one. him. No, no. Every, every Monday, he'll call and say, "Gary, Catherine forgot to take the trash out
0: again." <laughs> 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 that's a, that's yeah. a politician. That's yeah, a man yeah. that'll
6: tell
9: you a My lot. Last <laughs> I <laughs> uh, uh, forgot it again. If, if, it, it. if it pleases the commission, uh, first of all, thank you for I've been trying to listen very closely to the feedback and the questions. Um, I think they're very good. I do think there are um, I, I think we have some flexibility in how and to what extent to proceed. I do believe we could take a step that starts to itemize some of the really important issues and talk about the strategies to address those issues. So that would be one thing that we could absolutely do. Um, I would throw out, even though the scenario we ran was very absolute, close the convenience centers, convert to the PolyCard, there are, there are an infinite number of options. You, mm-hmm. We could maybe keep a subset of the convenience centers mm-hmm. open, right? I mean, there, there, are fa- there are kind of different flavors of right. what we presented here that was very black and white, where, you know, that, but, but we do have a task to hear some of the issues you brought up, um, to bring back some of the strategies that have been implemented in other jurisdictions to address some of these concerns. Um, I heard potentially looking at costs of having another, uh, another person on the truck, which we could look at as well. And I agree that would, especially in a rural setting, um, that is likely to push the cost on a pretty high on a per unit basis just because of unlike Hinesville, which is more you know, higher density when you get out of the suburban areas, you don't mm-hmm. typically see that. Um, I didn't mention this in my presentation, but um, one of the re- we actually are seeing less and less of manual collection in the industry. It turns out for like the past, I think it's 10 years, the solid waste industry has been in the top five deadliest industries, according to OSHA, for most of the past 10 years. And for about the past six or seven years, there has been a, I believe, a sincere move by private sector and public sector entities alike in solid waste to go to these poly, these sidearm polycard non-manual collection because it's just a health and safety benefit. So I think that's another reason we hadn't looked at a second manual collector out on a rural route. But these are all things that we have some flexibility in this engagement to address the concerns that you're bringing up, because I think those are all critical. I mean, even things like surveys, public outreach, you know, anytime you change the way people are used to having trash service, it's a big deal. I don't care what community you live in. I don't care what service you've had. If you're going to change it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a big deal. You're going to have the naysayers, the pros and the cons, all of that. So uh, I very much appreciate the, the input I've heard, and I'd be more than happy to work with.
2: This is Mr. just information. <laughs> yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mr. Chairman, that,
9: yeah. that's right. I mean, we were just mm-hmm. trying to.
0: It's good information.
2: All um, of us. I mean, you know, we have the luxury of having it picked up as it is now. But mm-hmm. um, you know, you representing everybody, so I mean I like the way mine is right now. So <laughs> even though I do have to <laughs> You forget it. Period.
0: The right. the the um assessment prices if we went that route, it would be the same as we do now on your solid waste bill? It's not okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think then it comes back down to um you know, you know, maybe what Commissioner Gillis said, looking at uh, that scenario. And also, uh, does the county want to provide this as a service to its citizens? Yeah. Is that what we want to do? Certainly we don't want to, I don't think we should have to compete with the private people. Mm-hmm. If they want to do it, let them do it. But I know there's a lot of people who are in the serve right now What's the, what the numbers I, you gave does, me. Does
9: the county do um, sort of routine residential surveys? Because th- this would be the, I, I know well, I've got some other local governments that have sort of a routine survey that they've used as a mechanism. So I, I bet that's we not We haven't. It. We
0: don't. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I, I promise you there are some folk who would love to have somebody come to, oh, yeah. <laughs> once a
3: week. Yeah, <laughs> they would. Yeah. To do that.
7: Let me say this and mm-hmm. this will be my last statement. <clears throat> we need to keep in mind we just approved the renovation of a convenience center at a certain cost. Now we are sitting up here now talking about possibly
3: mm-hmm. changing
7: over. Mm-hmm. Is this good money that we just throw away or is that something that we need to keep in mind before we approve Absolutely. another renovation of another mm-hmm. convenience center?
9: Well, I think John. I, I was asking myself time, that question as well. John, S- the S- last
7: S- time you came before, us, you brought some pitches. Hmm? You're failing this time. Bring uh, <laughs> <laughs> no pitches. God, <laughs> anyway, you did a good job. Yeah. So.
8: But I think we would we would we would need to Explore keep. Explore it. Yeah, it's just an information Explore session. Yeah. At least a few. Yeah, for uh, 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 yeah uh, that we they would need to be kept open yeah. for so, bulky. So so well, yeah, I, so I, so And, so and so for recycling, I'm all recycling.
6: Recycling and um probably let's say that if everybody had a polycart everybody won't be throwing away a, a love seat so yeah. may, maybe the convenience centers would be better for that 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 would save mike from having the the run that same route picking up bulk trash you right. know if, if uh, it was I'll just for bulk, if you people people are going to have garbage every right. every day every week but they're not going to have a piece of furniture and, and, and to week. that
9: point that would be a hybrid solution where mm-hmm. you would roll the poly cart and the sidearm bandit out curbside but keep the convenience oh, centers cheers. open for the bulk trash for the bulk yeah, trash yeah. that would be mm-hmm. an example I, yeah. of an implementation or a hybrid solution mm. that might balance the needs or maybe that's part of a transition to a much right. longer move towards the full curbside as mm-hmm. really the more dense your population is <laughs> the greater the justification is for curbside It's a heavier lift to go all the way now, but that would be an example of how to take more measured steps in that
6: direction. And from what I'm hearing, it's not going to be um any. Everything is going to be populated in Liberty County. I mean, they're building houses right. left and right. Yeah. I mean, every minute, every day, they, they just built five since you was. Yeah, up. we we
9: actually. <laughs> and she we since you since was been here talking. Growth plan with uh, yeah. hundreds of houses and neighborhoods coming in. Yeah, I mean, every, every piece of down. land is going to have a house one of these mm-hmm. minutes. And my two. mind
0: goes to um, mm-hmm. Isle of White Road, and also what's coming on on um, 196 East. Right. Uh, yeah. Shortly, so yeah. mm-hmm. the growth is coming. So. Whether we do it, somebody has been be done, because we don't want the trash on the sides of the road. Mm-hmm. We don't want and it. Yeah.
6: we we'll are get it. Yeah. All, right.
0: All right. All right. So even it may be just a matter of expanding what we're doing now, you know, as versus a f- mm-hmm. total.
9: Well, I, uh, I would certainly be happy to work with, uh, with Mr. Moran, Mr. Mosley, with the solid waste folks to maybe uh, respond. You know, what are we here today? Uh, try to come up with some follow up items to bring to you to mm-hmm. answer some of the concerns perhaps add one more scenario uh, and and again this was absolutely a check-in mm-hmm. The last thing I want to do is be presenting to you oh well done see you later yeah, yeah. you know so so this was a great this was really important to get this feedback um, there is no industry like the solid waste industry to uh, really get the attention of your constituents so um, it's just very important to have this opportunity to talk about what we you know, what we found you know conceptually but to get the real world understanding of your constituents your neighborhoods, uh, you know the reality here. So thank you for for your input on that. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, I and, and I, I kept
6: saying Mike, but it, you said his what his name was Nathan. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got him now. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you, <laughs> sir. Good job. Good job. Give us a lot to think about. All right. Our proposal of recreation mowing, Mister Gross.
10: How are you, sir? Raymond, you've almost been here 25 years after setting that. <laughs> I can promise you all that I will have a complicated issue. <laughs> uh, I'm here to uh, present you with the you. proposal that we have for uh, the bid process for uh, mowing of our outlying uh, parks and and uh, recreation facilities. Um, we had a total of six bids uh, that we had. Uh, we chose three, the three lowest bidders. Um, The ballot, uh, the the bids were uh, unsealed on March 1st, and uh, we selected those three lowest bids from the bids that were open and sealed. sealed. Uh, We had three uh, candidates for the lowest bid. Two of them were from Hinesville. One of them was from Allenhurst, uh, Georgia. Uh, We had Elite Southern Enterprise, LLC, Jody Smiley Landscaping, LLC, and Signature Lawns uh, out of Allenhurst, Georgia. Those were the three lowest bidders. Uh, they, they they varied in range. Uh, the highest was Elite Southern, uh, twenty-eight thousand fifty dollars for seventeen cuts. That means they were cut multiple times throughout the summer and fall. And fall. Uh, Jody Smiley Landscaping came in with a bid for seventeen cuts of seventeen thousand dollars. And the uh, uh, third third candidate finalist was. Uh, signature Lawns, and they had a total bid of $14,994. Uh, those were the three bids, and it is my recommendation that uh, Signature Lawns be the company that's awarded the contract.
0: question comes to mind, Mr. Brown. Um, Raymond, you were in for your transitioning here. Last year when we had all of that rain, um, did we have to have any extra cuts? Uh, uh, is uh, Maybe you... Uh, extra cuts built into this? No, that's no. not
10: the extra cuts are not built into that. That yeah. would probably be something that we would have to add on. Yeah. As far as that. I'm not
0: sure. Did we need extra cuts? Remember last year we had a rain 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 rain, 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 yeah, rain, rain, rain. Yes, sir. I'm not sure I, I can't answer that question. Yeah. yeah just, just wonder how probably we
10: probably depend on how much the grass is growing and, and yeah. how, how soon you could get to it to cut yeah. it. Yeah. But at extra cuts are not added in.
0: This is process. 17 cuts. Okay.
10: Well, yeah. what?
6: What's the um, the seventeen cuts? That's from what are we talking about? From April to about mm-hmm. October, March, mm-hmm. April.
10: Yeah, it's from uh, April to November, I think it was. To November, October, October. Okay. And you're comfortable with signature?
8: I mean, that's your. They recommendation, have had. The, but they
10: you're... have had a bid. They have won the contract before. I was told that they were. Uh, chosen a few years ago, okay. the contract a few years ago. So their
8: work's been mm-hmm.
10: their work's well, been they had, Actually, they had the former director as a, uh, I think, as a uh, referenced. Uh uh-huh. Really? Okay. Okay.
6: Yeah. okay. Yeah, Mr. Jim, I have a question. Joy, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. I, I know I had mentioned it to Commissioner Walden. Um, these these um, bids, they they seem to come up every year. It's just um the terms of the contract I mean it's just a one year one we, year we do it every year It's has been a year is that okay. um you know maybe we, we need to consider um, doing maybe a three or five year and let's say if we had a if it was a multi-year contract let's say a five year mm-hmm. contract. let's say three three years mm-hmm. and based on performance and everything I mean you know you know you, you should have wording in the contract for a termination for convenience clause you know like most contracts have but let's say um if you had a 3 year contract and say 90 days out he would submit um you know his costs for the following year now and the reason i said that at this time last year gas was $2 yeah $2. 250 a gallon nice 550 a gallon or whatever it is but but all that would be considered 90 days out um, before mowing season, before April 1st. You know, say so he'll start the first of the year and say, "Hey, I, this year here's here's my cost." And if I think if we did that, we we won't have to go through this this um, proposal process every year. You know, we, we get us a, mm-hmm. a, um, a a good contractor and, and we work with him. Let he submit his price. Um, let's say, say 90 days out, and we negotiated with it. Now, and if we can't negotiate with it, then we, we can put it back out. But I, I just think that um to have to come with more and um, to discuss that every year, you, you know, I, I think it's probably something that could be done a little different. That, sure. That's just my thought. If that's that. what
4: you want, sure we can. There, 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 there are several ways to do it. It would allow, it would allow a contractor to, to if, he, if he was going to make an investment in equipment, Mm -hmm. to know
6: that, you know, not just on this contract, but others that he can make that investment. I mean, I'm quite sure, um, I talked with my representative from the rec board and I I ran that by him. I don't know if he's um, discussed it with the other board members. I mean, of course, they would have to be involved in it, but I just think that 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 would be... It was discussed It was
10: in in the rec board means about possibly extending the contract instead of a one-year deal to a... A three de- two year deal, deal yeah. or a three year deal. Yeah, like yep. that. yeah. We,
4: we, we'll look at it. the only thing you got to be careful of in the in government setting is how you do that contract, and you can't just extend the contract because it was put out for bid originally. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're doing a service, you've got to bid it. Unless you do a bid for a three-year period, yeah. What, well, well, uh, yeah. Time I mean, then, yeah. Then you'd have an, an escalator. I mean, it'd actually be kind of like the audit where we bid that for a three-year period. next They right. can show a potential price for year two-year, three. Mm-hmm. You would award it for that, subject to certain conditions like price escalations and gasoline, whatever <laughs> it may be. And then you could consider an adjustment on that second. Yeah, year.
6: yeah. I wasn't thinking about giving it to him for the next three years, but I'm saying, like, you know, this time next year, when we put it out. <laughs> We put it out for a longer term. I just think that would probably be good. Yes, sir. We will restructure that.
2: Um, On this bid, uh, Mr. Gross, you you say you're confident that he can do the work because I know in the past Mm -hmm. that you've had bidders that's cut grass and they weren't able to get to it because the grass got too high. Mm-hmm. So the county, the rec department had to go in there and cut it. Right. So mm-hmm. let's don't let that happen if no, they're not able I, to. I assure
10: you that won't happen because okay. I don't have a personal relationship with with any of the folks that were like, or, right. or as far as bidders go. But I will assure you that the grass won't get too high. And the person that has the contract will make sure will make sure that they get the, the job done. okay Okay.
0: You entertain a motion.
8: Yes, sir, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion. We approve the proposal for the Recreation Mowing with Signature Lawns for $14,994 for one year.
0: Second. Motion is second. We approve the bid as presented by Mr. Gross. Any further discussion? There will be none. All in favor, raise your right hand, please. All right. Signature Lawns has been awarded the bid, sir. Thank
2: you. I'm I'm against that vote there, Mr. Chairman, sir. You didn't ask if there's anybody against it,
10: but I'm
0: against it. Oh, I'm
10: sorry. Yeah, yeah. that's all right. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, sir. Appreciate
7: it.
6: it. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Raymond, if if you would, just at the next board meeting, uh, you know, with get with Joey or whatever, and, and let's let's look at doing that for next year. If we if the board agrees, I I, I, mean, I, I just think it would just be good business to do that.
0: All right. I'm sorry, I thought it was all favor. I apologize. Uh, new Republican representative, elections.
4: Yes, sir. We, we received uh, uh, what I put in your packet is an email from Mr. Allen Preble, who is the chairman of the Liberty County Republican Party. Um, the representative to, to that Board of Elections, uh, Mr. Ali Sharab, uh, resigned, uh, and so uh, they have made a recommendation. He's made a recommendation from the Republican Party that Mr. Greg McDougall uh, take that place. The board's position in this, the commission, is really just a acknowledgment of acceptance of this. It doesn't have a right to approve or disapprove it. It's an automatic appointment by each party, if you remember. So th- the board just needs to acknowledge receipt of that for the minutes uh, of the meeting, sir.
3: Okay.
6: But So, Joy, you're saying that there, there's no application like the other board appointments Not or nothing like an that? automatic
4: Just appointment, mm-hmm. one by the Democratic, it, one by the Republican Party. Is.
6: And it could be any anybody? It can be anybody. Anybody display. that lives in Liberty County or anybody that lives in the world?
4: They have their criteria. They, they, yes, or I haven't dug into yeah. their criteria, but right. they, yeah. I, I would feel sure they've got to live in Liberty County. Yeah, I would say so. I know. Yeah. I don't know about the registered voter side, mm-hmm. um, but... I can check and find out. Yeah.
0: I've kind of heard a little bit. you got to be a resident, got to be registered with that party and all that kind of stuff. Go through them. They have to bless it first and then they send it forward. Yeah. Well, and again, they actually do the selection.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They, they approve, that.
4: they select the person. This board just has to acknowledge it has mm-hmm. received their selection. Okay. So that it can be.
0: Okay.
8: I guess Mr. Chair, uh, excuse me, Mr. Preble is their chairman? It is, yes, Republican ma'am.
0: Chair, i the motion to acknowledge Mr. Greg McDougall as the uh, Republican representative of the Board of Elections. What would we just nod our head? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and officially vote. Yeah, If we, you could have we a motion, a second to
4: acknowledge receipt. Yeah. Well, great.
6: You know, it, and, and again, uh, uh, if, if that's all we have to do, that's fine. But, I mean, we'd like to count, you know who we're acknowledging. I mean, there's there's nothing. We, well, I guess we don't need to do that. We just say yes. Well, you really, we yeah, you it. really
4: don't have any mm-hmm. say in it. I mean, mm-hmm. we could really, if you don't feel comfortable, we could just write a letter and say we're in receipt of your letter. Yeah. I mean, that but, and that would that would suffice. It's That's been
0: so the good. same process from previous years. We just acknowledge whomever named either party has sent. Well, yeah, yeah, Well, either, but either, either I always, thought, but uh, in those cases, we kind of knew who it was, though, didn't we? Yeah.
6: I, I thought
2: it was Roger Wills, yeah.
6: okay. I thought Roger Wills yeah. was the... I'm I'm for it. I, I just, just thought that, um you know, for it to come before us that we needed um just a little bit more than say
0: good. Yeah. Just notifying
6: us. Who they were. Okay.
4: It's basically notification mm-hmm. to the Board of Commissioners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll make a note in the minutes that we, we noted receipt mm-hmm. of the letter. Okay. okay.
5: Uh, or
0: maybe even next time have their um, chairperson come to present the name to us. I don't think he was able. I'm, I'm okay. not sure, but I'm,
4: uh, yes, sir, we can definitely okay. ask that.
0: All right, all right. Motions died. The a long time. We gotta have a, a new motion. Do we need a motion,
8: I, or just acknowledge? I, if,
0: if
4: the if the board wants to, I can acknowledge the minutes that the board was presented. Acknowledge receipt of the. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. Got to work for us. What we got? Conjuring Associates wage survey. with miss Laura.
1: chairman members of the board um, leadership guru John John Maxwell talked a lot about what do I want to do and he says I want to add value to people's lives and the, there were members of this commission that wanted to do something about the lowest paying employees uh, for the county they wanted to add value and so Uh, We started this living wage uh, study based upon that desire to add value, Uh, this notion of two things. One, to ensure that all county employees receive a minimum income necessary to meet their basic needs, and secondarily, to pay competitive wages to recruit and retain the best employees.
11: So, Joey and Joseph
7: and I. Can you pull the mic to you a little bit? (laughs)
11: <laughs> Joseph Joey and I uh, conferred with Condrian Associates, who is a personnel firm. They've done our compensation plan. Well, Dr. Condry of Condrian Associates has worked on past compensation studies, and we contacted them to review our current pay plan and identify the lowest paid positions that aren't up to that living wage level and made, and they made some recommendations. And he urged us to think not of just the $15 an hour, but looking at the annual salary of 31200 because we're talking about full-time employees working 2,080 hours in a year. Also, looking at the living wage and making just the bottom adjustments, think of that as Part A of a two-part project, because Condry and Associates emphasized that making these adjustments in the short term would then create compression and equity issues for the rest of the people on the pay plan, that we can address that in a Part B study um, later this year. Okay, so we used Condry's recommendations of what positions and pay grades needed to be adjusted, and we put those employees on the pay scale, at the, their next closest grade above $15, and then we calculated the cost of that of doing so um, to move everybody up to the annual $31,200.
8: Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, the 31200 is just salary only, no benefits, is that correct?
11: Correct. Okay. Just taking $15 an hour times 2,080 hours 29. in a year. 28. That's what I thought, okay.
3: That's
8: right.
11: So there are five main departments that are affected by this. Uh, living wage study, animal services, building maintenance, public works, recreation, and the tax commissioner's office. There were a total of 23 employees who we would need to move to this living wage level. The cost of doing that annually is 54419 but if we look at implementing it just for the rest of this fiscal year, it came to $12,558. And that is what we recommend to do
4: again a good 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 question and a point that that the fifty four is obviously without benefits that's not the total cost, so benefits would need to be added to that okay
8: and but the twelve five fifty eight no well that's for just, just risky the- that, that would be benefits? if you
4: implemented it on the very next payday and and that would just be the cost for this remaining fiscal year
8: From
7: But that's with no additional June, June benefit
4: that's correct yes, sir that's correct. right, right. okay to June, 30th. June 30th. yes
2: and the in the fifty four, Joey, uh, that everybody's. With, I mean, some people will have in that health insurance, or I mean, uh, life insurance added to that, or
4: y- yes, or it would be it would be uh, retirement, FICA, health, and life.
2: But some of them that elect to not have the life.
4: No, so they all get the life. Some some may or may. not. And I haven't looked at each one. I think probably all of these have health insurance. Uh, but there there are a few employees that, because of problems on a secondary health carrier, they don't have health insurance. But well, I'm not sure that any of these, but most of them would have health insurance.
2: So it would be pretty much the same across the board then? All right. Yes, sir. And uh, oh.
7: go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead
8: lost my, I lost my train of thought. Hold on, I'm getting older in two days. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see. So with that, moving them out on the scale, is that what we did? So when um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, does that mean that we need to look at other employees that may be about to move out on the scale? Part B. Or that's are part about B. at the fifteen dollars?
1: That, that will earlier. be part B. The part B, in terms of dealing with the issues of compression and pay.
8: Compr- so when will we look at those? Just whenever we. Well,
1: the county administrator is going to discuss that with you guys. Well, I, well I we've got our, we've uh, actually got uh, a con- we've
4: actually got a contract uh, to consider as part of the budget. We're submitting in our administrative budget to try to fund that, if that's okay. Okay. Uh, so plan to go ahead and try to address
8: that you know July. if we're going to move them out and i think that's a good thing we we, we need to do that to prove right. that but i want to make sure that those that are maybe right about there are look, being looked at
4: well yeah because because obviously what happens he mentions that compression if you remember so what this is going to do for a period of time until you do that other work is it is going to bring some folks up to up to pretty close to what some pretty folks close. are making that have been there for a longer period of right, time. Right. And yeah. those folks, and that's going to, that's going to,
7: that compression, the, that
4: compression uh, needs to be adjusted. Compression
7: right. is going to kick yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. For
2: curiosity on. there. What is your number there for FICA health insurance? Kim, you got it. Uh, they're, if they're getting health insurance, health insurance is already in your budget. So health insurance would not be taxed. Right.
8: That's, that's correct.
0: correct. Or um, life. Their,
8: their retirement, Just a retirement and FICA.
0: That they contribute, Participation. So match, uh, they're required to contribute two and a half percent, and we match that two and a half percent, and then we match another 0.5 percent, half
8: a percent, for every full percent that they <laughs> contribute up to a total of five percent for the county contribution. So, so, if, <laughs> Had that in layman's <laughs> 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 <Should
11: have>, <laughs> terms. <budget> t- <laughs> <it, laughs> <laughs> So, two and a
8: half.
0: <laughs> two and a half. I mean, you can two
3: calculate the
8: five. The five is just .0765 times right. that number. Right. right. Um, but again, and then if the basic retirement would just be .025 uh,
3: times that number, that would be the basic. See? right. My question two is, and because you wow. mentioned the annual amount. So is this only for full-time employees who don't make $15 an
11: hour? And so part-time employees would still make less than $15 because they're not really, full, they're not full-time making a living wage at that job? Correct. For the purposes of this, yes.
8: Okay, so it's 23 full-time employees, and did that include any vacancies that might be right now for positions under 15?
11: No. I will say there are two part-time... Positions included, actually, because they have an equivalent full-time version of that. They're doing the exact same job, but they're part-time, and so to keep those equal, we are also raising those. Because the exact same job description, and you don't want them to be paid at two different rates. But no, so, we didn't include vacancies.
7: So how many part-time
4: mm-hmm. I
7: positions? There that you know of that's going to be under the fifteen dollars radar screen.
4: Well, let me let me let me let me try. So, so so it it, it does include part time positions if they're regularly scheduled part time positions and they are not seasonal in nature. So really, really, the folks that we're talking about that are not part of this would be uh, recreation aides that are hired for seasonal activities, i.e., scorekeepers and things like that. And then also uh, election folks, because they're they're special special project special mission people. So it's special mi- mission people, seasonal people. Those are the only. There are part time people that are regularly scheduled out there that are affected by this. That's correct.
7: Okay. okay. Actually, so I'm looking at the uh, some of the part time firefighters.
4: Right. I understand, and, and most of those folks seventy five percent of those folks are working a full time wage somewhere else. So, but but again, let, let me back up. If if they come in here, they're they're going to get those folks are going to be included because they are looked at on a regular scheduled basis that we schedule them for. Okay, it's not like they pick and choose what nights to work and some of that. So they're on a regular schedule. So, so, you know, yes, they would be impacted. So it's a very small group that's not impacted. Again, it's the seasonal people. But those people aren't in the 54. Yeah, there's in, 23 employees in the 54, right? Okay. Yeah. So to answer your question about the extra FICA and retirement,
0: just the base retirement and the FICA would be in another $5,524. That's not. 5,000. Five. Okay.
1: Huh? And vacancies. Okay, no, no. She said there weren't vacancies.
0: okay. just double checking. Yeah. Okay.
7: Alright, so
4: different class. <coughs> question. They don't work by the hour. I
7: don't know. This Dr. Condre, I've heard that name before. Did he used work to work for the for UGA? Yes, he did. So now he's in his own private.
3: Yes. Doing the same thing? All right.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let me mention that to a little bit, that question. Carl Vinson, they still do those surveys. Mm -hmm. They are short-staffed. They had some folks that left. We knew the timeliness of what was needed for Mm y'all, and so that's the reason we reached back out to Condry, who really took a lot of their people from them over time and uh, has been in, doing the business in various states, not just Georgia. Okay. So yes, sir. And he uses the same type of methodology so it doesn't upset your pay plan. Mm-hmm. All
7: right. Well, yeah.
0: Chair. All right. Chair, entertain a motion.
2: I, but before we get, uh, this can be implemented when? No. Immediately? No. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yesterday?
4: The next payday. next
0: payday. Sunday.
2: First pay period right. in April. Want to make sure that we're not looking at something six mm-hmm. months down the road. No, first
0: pay, pay period in oh.
11: April.
3: Right. Yeah, but it, it would start with the pay year.
11: period this Sunday. That will they get paid in It'll April.
4: It will go into effect this Sunday.
3: Right.
7: Okay. Mr. Chair. Yes, sir. I make a motion that we approve this study done by Dr. Condray to upgrade the pay scale to employees up to $15 an hour starting
0: Sunday.
11: Sunday, March twentieth.
7: Whatever you said.
0: <laughs> thank you, Mr. Chair. All right. Thank you. Good discussion. Good good job. Good work. And then we'll look forward to the Part B. Long time Long time coming. Coming. Any further discussion? All in favor, raise your right hand,
6: please. Mr. Chairman, I, I would like to um, you know, thank the the board for that. I think that's something that we talked about and you know, when you thank me, it's, it's it's 2022. And when you think about um, the cost of everything, uh, which includes the cost of living, and the fact that, um, that we had the foresight to, to take on this task and, and, and to vote to, to have it done. I mean, you, you think of the, the young man that's going to graduate from Bradwell or Liberty High in a few months um, that's not going to the military, that's not going off to college or technical school, and just wants to have a job. And he can get an entry-level job here in Liberty County now and make a, a, a decent wage. And that's, um, that's something that, that, that we could be proud of. And um, that, that's, a, that's a good deal. I, I really believe it's a good deal. So,
0: Thank you, sir. Thank thanks, we everyone. All, we for, all agree. For supporting that. We all agree. All right.
7: All right. Next.
0: ARPA funds, educational assistance. We've been getting some questions from the community about these funds, so as Mr. Brown, he would address us, update us, so we can.
4: Uh, Yes, sir, thank you. I know there have been several agencies interested in trying to acquire some funds Mm -hmm. to to help with some of the things in in the community, and it just so happened that some of those things may fit into what some of the board's directive was already. You remember in your ARPA uh, funding, you basically allocated um, $200,000 for educational assistance programs, And so what we've done uh, in in a short order, in fact, Mr. Mosley, thank you so much, is that uh, has taken a draft of of an application process that he got to me today, we are looking it over, Uh, would provide that to you in April uh, with a process outlined at your very next meeting to be able to draw down some of those funds um, and and we'll present that to y'all. So uh, very quick kickstart there, uh, to have you something in a process to look at for dissemination of those funds.
7: Uh, mr Brown quick question just for verica- verification we did say that there's no funds available for cleaning up a blight area in the county correct
4: not not are these funds no sir uh, well,
2: f- yeah. I know we've got a program here that's um, I don't know who the who started it I know commissioner Gillard talked about it and I know commissioner Stevens and commissioner Frazier is with the you know, the art, the youth program um, and I don't know how it's funded other than what we do, but you know, um, it would be nice that having people that could come out of that with some type of a, I mean, just a small scholarship that would help, help some of those, um, whether it's a hundred dollars and I know the chairman has been involved in a lot of scholarship programs. So may need his, <laughs> may need his, uh, guidance but i think since we ought to start looking in our house too before we start looking somewhere else not that everybody don't need it but i think we ought to start looking at that our youth program um, needs some attention
0: good idea maybe way to incentivize some of our Thank you. Uh, you only meet the criteria.
4: So we'll, we'll develop that for you and, uh, and, and have that for you so you can consider okay. it in April. Okay. Uh, make a decision then or refine it. We'll take it back and tune it again and, and uh, whatever y'all's desire okay. is. So, so so there are some monies uh, right now designated 100,000 under early learning and 100,000 under academic services. So, and again, what I want to do is, is make sure I bring the criteria from the national ARPA guide we have to do a reporting on these service and and what they're used for. So we'll bring you the detailed chart that that shows what what code we'd have to use internal to those codes uh, to be able to do that so that you can see.
0: And we'll develop our guidelines for your recommendation. When will you bring that to us, sir? In April. April? Yes, sir. Okay. First meeting April. All right. Because I have people who I need to notify that application window is approaching. It is. Okay. It is. All right. um so we we'll just take this as information all right tonight all right, administrative report i will be real quick sir
4: uh on the sheet that i laid in front of you it's got some highlights on it i won't hit everything on this sheet of our, our ongoing activities uh but on the front it starts with finances i just mentioned the changes that were highlighted there uh the adp system is in final contract review uh with the attorney right now we've met satisfied internally that, that we can do that program with all the requirements um, the countywide solid waste study uh, presented to you tonight, obviously, water system fee update, along with some ordinance review. Uh, we received that draft report uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. And so uh, staff's reviewing that to be able to do a presentation for you on that. The 23 budgets are out to the departments with a deadline to come back. And you know that de- we have established some dates already to, uh, to look over those. Uh, living wage study, I, I'll change that status to complete. And then uh, we'll go ahead and, and make a mark on the bu- board, budget pending to do the second half of that so that we can get the compression gone. Amlets com- procurement, uh, two down, one to go. Uh, two i them received this afternoon. Thank you all very much. And EMS is uh, very proud of those. Those have to go through a certification process. So it'll be a few weeks before the state can come down and, and certify those. But uh, EMS staff is doing what they need to do to get that going. To do that, there is one. Uh, due to have the chassis received in June, and then there's about a 90 day upfit on the back of it, uh, built 90 to 120 days on the bill process on the box. So, without any slippage, hopefully that other one's in here during this calendar year. Already going ahead and preparing specifications to get another one ordered uh, because of the delivery time on those chassis.
8: Mr. Brown, I have one question on that. Are we going to uh, rewrap the green ones? To this we are color
4: we, we haven't been able to because we had not had any extras so now that when we get these on the road we've already got a contract for rewrapping. Good. and we start pulling those off and rewrap with the new logos
8: that was a shock <laughs>
4: yeah. but it's
8: okay It yeah. it's good yes. <laughs>
4: yes. it's different it's different the lime green is gone um <laughs>
8: must have been mr mosley <laughs>
4: The uh, Liberty County Planning uh, Board meeting here for y'all is uh, April 7th, 22. We're going to hold it right here in this boardroom so that we can have things available that you might need. If we flip over the back, uh, we uh, are engaging is insurance renewal time. So uh, we've engaged with our insurance provider, Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, to give us some new rates. We hope to be able to meet and see those potential new rate structures. We reviewed the losses. Uh, already, which we had, we had some uh, in this period, but the other thing we're doing is asking them to expand a look at family medical coverage and give you all some options. We've heard you say that and we wanted y'all to be able to have some options and so that's the discussion we're having with them when we talk with them also. So uh, we'll be bringing those to you. Do you
7: still have the uh, insurance, what was it, insurance committee?
4: No, sir. I think one time we had a benefits committee. A, a benefits yes, committee? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Several years you don't ago. don't
7: have that anymore?
4: No, sir. Mm-hmm.
7: I mean, is there a reason why
4: not? Not any particular reason why. Um, you know, the, the matters involving insurance particularly, I, I think this year what we need to show that we haven't is to share the information on some losses without attributes to specific claimants so that you can see what drives those rates because it's very particular, um, especially to a governmental entity to do that, but I deviate a little bit. No, for no particular reason, other than just another step that, I mean, maybe we can discuss, but it's whatever you all want to do. I
2: think we I'll talked about at. that. They all retired.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they might have.
2: Everybody, I mean,
4: Benefits I, mean I think the guy one I was on
2: it was Johnny Smiley, wasn't it? <laughs> what, <what's laughs>
4: <that? He's laughs> gone, he was. That's, That's correct. Been way back. Um, you ordered the EMS facility, great, and we'll and we'll go to work on that. Uh, the Joseph Miller Fire Station facility, we had two bit three bidders on that project. Uh, those are being analyzed now for uh, MWBE compliance, and so uh, we bring those back to you uh, at your April meeting. Okay, is, is when those are coming back. I, w- I will tell you that our project budget on that anticipated project budget was a little north of ten million dollars. Uh, right now, the low bidder uh, is about eight point seven. Mm. So, uh, and you do have some ARPA money assigned to that project, Yay. which is good. Good news. Well, yeah. It is. Wait,
7: now we didn't cut nothing out of that, did we? No, sir. We didn't cut anything out. <laughs> we didn't value engineer.
0: Didn't cut
10: anything? <laughs> right, I know.
4: Uh, the health department facility. We had a second meeting over square footage assignment for that with the staff. That went very well. So they're in the final programming, and it'll go to design now on that, uh, we'll be talking to y'all about that and, and about locations. Uh, road department, same thing, doing the square footage uh, assignments on that. And it, it will include the incorporation of mosquito Control over into the Public Works compound. So uh, we're, we're making making those adjustments. It was brought up in here. Uh, the Actually the proposal, Sam Harris, Jim, cleared the environmental review that we were waiting on uh, from the state. And so those should be going out here in the next, two or three weeks really we're ready to go ahead and put those on the street so that that's good news Uh, the exit 76 median work project uh, we're finalizing some plans for that pretty quickly uh, based on some of the things that are coming around that interchange down there and being able to get access to those uh, and uh, talked with the district engineer this morning from gdot about that a little bit and we'll be taking that plan to him since those access points are on the state route Uh, we need to make sure we coordinate with that U.S. 84 connector project, uh, the right of acquisition acquisition's about 50% complete now. So it's holding tight to its schedule, Ms. Uh, chairman, for a uh, FY24, which is actually July of 23 uh, let date uh, by the state, which is great. Great. Water mm-hmm. uh, system expansion, Trent will have some things to show y'all at your next meeting on that. When he comes up, um, We did meet with some folks that that has some thoughts of development in that area. So uh, there are a couple of steps we're gonna need to take on that water system on the west side is number one, we're gonna have to amend our service delivery strategy uh, to be able to show that as our water service area. So working through that now with the maps and the applications, it'll mean that you have to adopt that change in that strategy. It'll also mean because we have a combined service delivery strategy with the other cities that they also will have to accept amendment to that. Um, that'll be accompanied by a meeting with the Water Resource Council in that process for the Water Resource Council to bless it. So again, fast-tracking all that, I expect that to be happening in the next 30 days.
7: Can you also help to identify the overlay water, the wa- district water overlay for Rashford area? Yes, sir. So that when we go down Lewis Fraser, we'll know exactly where where we need to stop at. So if I'm talking to someone, I won't be talking to someone that can't come in the system.
4: Absolutely. We, uh, one of those processes, you're going to have to adopt a map revision, and that's on the map revision. It shows a narrow corridor off, off of Lewis Frazier, but we may want to broaden that a little bit because there's unassigned area out there. Whether we deliver services to it now or not, at least keep you from having to go through this process when you decide to deliver it, right. then that'll be the best thing to do moving forward.
6: Okay. Joey. Did, did we talk one time about uh, wastewater, like a spray field or something, um, you, you, in that in that same area? You didn't specifically talk about an area, but what
4: you remember, you probably remember that you did is in the ARPA funds, you put money in ARPA to go ahead and study countywide sewer delivery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a it's a large undertaking to even do that study. Um, but there's we haven't moved on anything with that. But yes, sir, you've got some money sitting there to at least do a countywide survey of that. Okay, yeah, I, I think we should.
7: We're Mr. getting Sherman there. Yeah, water and
6: sewer, yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, right, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> hand in uh, hand. The in
2: industrial across 95, how large
0: is it? I don't know how large is it is, but I know uh, it's, they're talking about expanding it, um, dealing with wetlands and all those kind of things. But I'm not sure the size of it, but. But it it won't be able to, I guess we could do some kind of look at working with the county. Uh, sure could. And, I, you know,
4: when the Water Resource Council, local resource council was, was uh, uh, stood up years ago, they looked at water service delivery, but they didn't look at sewer delivery. So, and of course, all that's permitted uh, through EPD, though.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So they ultimately decide, but the, that wouldn't be bad, is to develop a a yeah. sewer delivery
2: map countywide
4: good too concept. underwater. That's, that's, that's a, that's a good
2: way. concept. Yep. So no residential was even thought
4: about mm-hmm. in
2: that,
0: were Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. What we need to do, too, is um, you know, the other day dealing with the um, rezoning for the projects in Midway, potential projects, mm-hmm. you know, we ran into the fact that uh, our comprehensive plan had those properties, especially on out of highway, all designated as agricultural, and no thought about it being turned into something that's industrial or commercial. And I don't know what our thought processes processes were then, but certainly being right across from trade East, I don't know why we didn't give consideration that that property could very well have been. Yeah. So we need to look at. Um, uh, I heard we can go back in and we can revise the map. I heard.
4: Yeah. So it, it, you know, I, well, to keep you too long here tonight, there are several things that trigger a redo in that comprehensive plan. Significant land change Mm -hmm. is one of those Mm -hmm. um, or projected land change. And it may be, we we really don't need to, we'll see how we can seamlessly put that together with this revision without slowing down the water part because I'm on a, I I really need to be under construction with that west side. I I need to have it complete within about a year. Okay. Okay, That's very, very, very tight uh, with everything we got to work through. But in order to meet some developmental demands, if we want to serve some customers that are coming, mm-hmm. I got I to have it there shortly after 12 months. Okay. Mm. All
3: right. All
2: right.
6: <laughs> 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 you did What's the temperature in here, Joey? i mean like 30.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else as good on or the one? Yes, sir.
7: Mr. Chair, just want to remind. What was it Joey? Mr. A. May the 15th? I know it's a long ways off, but
0: not so long. I
7: had not heard. Okay. Go ahead.
4: No, I had not heard. The no, I'm
7: sword. sorry. Oh, so I got something on you. That's okay. Uh, May the 15th, we will be uh, honoring the Bradbury Park in honor of a gentleman that we talked about at the commissioners' meeting here over eight months ago. The plaque will be back and we'll be hanging it up at the wrapping you, clock. You don't
0: have a time yet?
7: Uh, I'm going to probably look at 3 o'clock.
0: Okay. All right. I'm sure you'll we'll send us out reminders. I
4: was going to say, yeah, give okay. us We'll right. publish, yes, sir. We'll get some some publicity on that also. All
0: right. Okay. All right. Sounds was good
3: order. Chair, take a motion to adjourn. So, so moved, moved Chairman. A second. All, All in done. favor. Ah.